welcome everyone to the Brewcast YouTube channel. Today we have a podcast interview with the man with the sexiest looking hair on YouTube, Mr. Kevin. 100%. <laughs> Omar, yourself is here? Yeah, Omar's no, hiding no, no, behind no, the no, couch. No, He's hiding behind the couch. He's going to pop out and say hello anytime. Um, anyway, we are very happy to have Pure Bullford here today. We're going to talk about a couple of things. Obviously, there's the recent controversy with Athlean X and all of that, which we might say, which we'll probably get to. But I think the first thing is, is how's quarantine going? For me? Yeah, to uh, be quite honest. You know, in the Northeast, uh, we don't have like a big population density. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't too bad here. And our government is... In the United States, it's kind of, it's not intended to be a two-party system, but it's very two-party yeah, here. It's, it's a I think you'd be surprised how much South Africans know about what goes on in America. It's like, I'm constantly watching Ben Shapiro. Everything. And like, and everyone, at CNN's um, issues, if we put it that way. <laughs> but I think we should probably not get too political. We probably shouldn't. Um, I, I fall in the middle. I, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a fiscal uh, conservative, but I'm a social progressive, so oh, okay. I want us to do better for people, mm. but I also want us to waste our damn money. Yeah. So, but like my state is very, it's purple. It's not blue state. Oh, it's okay, not a okay. State. It's a, yeah. So, governor didn't come down on us too hard. Oh, okay. uh, there was sensible restrictions, but there's no like the cops are arresting you if you're not wearing yeah, a mask. Yeah. yeah. It hasn't been too bad here. We only had 1,500 yeah. cases in the whole state, and we've only had 70 deaths. Is it? Okay. Uh, that's amazing, actually. That's quite. That's quite a lot. Yeah. yeah. Especially since five hours from here, they've got tens of thousands. Yeah, of, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's uh, so. amazing, actually. Yeah, I mean, and 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 they probably haven't squared off a six-block perimeter to make a new town in somewhere near you, right? That we don't have protests. We we have well, we have protests. We have very peaceful mm -hmm. protests here. Uh, we don't have violent. Oh, you don't have the burning down of the. Okay. Uh, People in Maine are just too chill and too lazy to, to get. <laughs> okay, that, that's great. That's great, man. Yeah. No, and so, I mean, where we live in the Western Cape in South Africa, because South Africa has provinces, like, I think there's 1,200, uh, what's it? I, I don't know. I wow, this is stupid of me. I want to say deaths, but for some reason, I also want to say cases, but we, uh, we've kind in, of been... Well, in total, we have 1,200 deaths. Yeah. In total, yeah. but that's across yeah. South Africa. So I that's don't know if the, the Western Cape has the highest number... Yeah, I think yeah. specifically. But they've essentially had us locked up just for the sake of, you know, getting the hospitals ready. Now the hospitals are ready, but now what's happened is, is they've lifted because they, they had restrictions on alcohol consumption and whatnot. You know, you couldn't buy alcohol for a while or cigarettes. And essentially, now what's happened is now the. the, the at first, they had a, a maximum buy res, restriction like news. So first, you couldn't have any. Then they turned it into like you could buy twenty items per day, which some, which actually that's like you can buy a hundred and twenty beers per day because you can buy a case and that's one item. So I don't know who's drinking that much, but um, all things considered, that's now funny. it's yeah now it's been now it's been uh, taken away. But essentially, all the hospital beds made for corona patients are now filled by um, people who've who've been who, who have alcohol oh, poisoning. They've had That's way up. too much to drink. So it's like, a, it's a, it's an unfortunate thing now. So now all the corona beds are full, so we have to deal with it some other way. Um, <laughs> you guys you guys need to be happy with your president, okay? 
need to be really yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll go ahead and skip that one we'll go ahead and skip that one yeah no, no, no <laughs> you don't that's not a question it's, but it's a statement it's cool uh, okay talk one um so like i want to i want to actually just ask the opener and we can we can go to the athlete x thing in detail well, but something which I actually want to, which I want to ask you before, and which I have to kick this off, is that I know you have a military background, and coming from, I can only imagine coming from the Marines, and you've been, correct me if I'm wrong, you've been kind of part of, you've been doing fitness-related stuff on YouTube for just over a year now. Yep. I I looked at your interest. So, so how is the comparison of those worlds? Considering, like, I mean, especially where you are now, I find, I mean. There are many aspects of the fitness community on YouTube, which I love, but there are many aspects which seem very, very trivial, very bitchy, very gossipy. You know, even if it's athlete next thing, it's like people crawling out of the woodwork just to shit all over this guy. And it's like, it's like the antics of teenage girls in high school. And that to me seems like the complete antithesis of someone who got into fitness as a Marine. I mean, how does that how does that sit with you now that like you're surrounded by, or not surrounded by, which having some people call you out with drama, it's like, it feels like a strange move. Well, I mean, it was a strange move, but um, how does it compare? Well, leading young Marines, well, I, I was a student yeah. in the Marine Corps, leading young Marines is the same as, as being in the fitness industry. You got a bunch of people who firmly and passionately believe that they know what they're talking about. Most of them don't. They're drowning out the voices of the people that do know what they're talking about, and they're bitching and moaning the entire time. So uh, I love junior Marines. But the fitness industry acts just like they do. Uh, no, man. Like, yeah. at, at least you could. I, I enjoyed my time in the Marines, but I those are two different worlds, man. I don't even like. When I was in the Marine Corps, it was a very different yeah. mindset and and daily life than it is now, and I've done so much since then before starting a channel that I, I I don't think I've ever thought about the two in, in a comparison sort of way. The one like, I think like, I didn't mean to directly compare them, but it's more like it's because you have a little bit of that background and it seems like like I would I would just imagine that being surrounded by like like I could I would struggle to take serious the triviality of, of some people I don't yeah I don't to get upset over. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I don't get upset about – people make call-out videos, people threaten uh, – I made a video about how five reps aren't magic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and all I was trying to say was, guys, your body adapts to the stresses that you put yeah. on it. Yeah. Don't think any one training modality is the end-all and be-all. Um, and I got death threats, like legitimate, I'm going to come up there and kill you threats. And because I, I said Mark Ripto says dumb stuff. Yeah. Really? You're yeah. so mad. So I, I don't take any of this seriously. Yeah, like, that's I mean that's kind of un, un, I mean that I mean it's quite funny though because what are you like six foot four when they walk in the door they're gonna turn around and fucking go running. <laughs> but, well, <I> mean, <laughs> so there's so there's that right, but also you know as a marine I learned not to underestimate people smaller than me. Yeah, I remember his name is Donald Huffman and I don't know if he'll ever see this, uh, but Lance Corporal Huffman uh, climbed me like I was a tree. Mm -hmm. uh, because I, I told him rank didn't mean anything, and uh, he's 135 pounds and five foot two, God. and uh, he made me fear for my life. So yeah. I, I don't underestimate somebody just yeah. because they're small. Uh, sometimes they're crazy. Yeah. Too. 
What I wanted to ask you though uh, about 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 the the military too. Like I know this isn't really fitness related, but but I find this interesting because my my dad was in the in the in, in the army and he was the special forces up in Angola. And essentially, what happened in South Africa is they no one really won the war, right? They kind of because of the the trade embargoes and everything towards the end of apartheid, they kind of had to had to essentially drop a peace treaty. But all the guys came back, and there was essentially nothing for them. Um, they, I mean, I, I'm not quite sure in America. I know you guys have the what's it called the DNA. It's the vet, you know, you have the, you, you know, you yeah. have some veteran structures. I wonder how that was coming back, because I know my dad. As I got asked him a bit about it, and he said, all his friends that he know that were in the military, they all ended up alcoholics and divorced and with the same set of problems. Now, he also said he doesn't know if he can blame that solely on the military and he doesn't want to because it gave him a lot of good things, right? Like he was a he was yeah. a massive problem child and the, and, the, and the army kind of, you know, got him into a got him into a into a good stead. But I wonder what the support was like coming back when you finished, if you had kind of a. It's a mixed bag. So like, I, no, I don't think anybody's asked me this directly that, that wasn't, uh, like, trying to cause drama. No. Uh, oh, shucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. I, I, I'll take it that way from you. I was just reflecting that the only other people who've asked me about the transition had an agenda. Uh, so it's a mixed bag. We've got the VA, right? And I live in the best time that, in this country that has ever taken care of soldiers and yeah. Marines and its women. So I am fortunate in that regard. But when I came back and I was struggling, there was no direct help and there was no clear path. So um, were it not for my friend Paul Hackett, uh, when we found out that the nerve damage in my neck was permanent and that it made me non-deployable during a time where they were reducing forces by 20% in the Marines, um, they just, instead of waiting a year and a half to see if I was going to recover, if I could stay in the Marines, they just went ahead and processed me out. And that was a hard blow. I wasn't ready for that. I didn't have anywhere to go. I didn't have an income. I didn't have a way I could work. I was in so much pain daily. I didn't know, uh, I, I didn't have the function of my body that I have now. I was going to be homeless with a pregnant wife and a young daughter. Yeah. Uh, and there's a whole lot of Marines who, well, veterans who do end up that way, unfortunately. Yeah. Apparently, I've heard. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't my know. Friend, my friend Paul, who was an Air Force guy, mm. gave me his house for six months. And if, he, if it wasn't for him, I would have been, uh, I'd have been homeless, That's right? So, that, so the immediate transition out of the Marine Corps was really, really tough. Uh, and that wasn't the last like tough transition yeah. period of life, but it took a year. I was considered a high profile case because I, I had uh, an injury to my kidney. I had degenerative bone, uh, degenerative bone disease in my joints. I've got the, the herniated disc in my neck, um, three in my back. Like I had a lot of things that added up to a very serious problem. Individually, all of them totally manageable. Collectively, made life really hard. Um, so were it not for him, I'd have been boned. And it took them a year. It took them a year to determine whether or not or how much uh, benefits or how much help. So as it stands now, I qualify for all of those medical things to be care of by the VA. I just have to navigate the VA system. My position now is much better than it was when I got out. There was no clear path. There was, there was no immediate help. And I had to rely on friends. Uh, geez, it was like, it was like two months before I, I found a job that I could work with the limited mobility I had at the time. And it was very, very, very tough. And it put deeply in my mind how important it is to take care of people, which has manifested later into what I'm trying to do now.
And what do you squat now, by the way? Uh, about 500. It's my personal Jeez. best. Yo. And you bench, what was it, 385? Is that the most? Uh, 405 is my best with sleeves Jeez. on. Jeez. Hit 380 yesterday completely raw, and it went so damn fast. Is it? Yeah, no, um, um, your bench, your bench, look, your, I need some bench programming from you, my guy, because I need, I need, I need some, I need some increases on that. <laughs> I've seen your That's the places that was easy for me. My squat, on the other yeah. hand, was a seriously difficult uh, road that I just needed training and retraining, and yeah, it's, it's still so far from perfect. Well, I mean, I watched your videos, but look, you've gotten it up in such an amazing way. And what I what I what I wanted to check from you is kind of sure because because we were on the topic now. I don't know if you if you experienced a lack of purpose when you came back from the Marines. Yes, you were kind of lost as to what you were going to do next. And I don't know how you got to the YouTube game. Like that's one of my questions. How did you get into the whole YouTube thing? Actually, um, I blame Alan Roberts for that specifically because I did not believe that there was a space for people who felt the way that I did about social media fitness mm -hmm. until I found his channel. Is that, yeah. uh, so there was. There was this guy named who who ran Tiger Fitness, and I don't know if you're. Oh yeah, I, mean, I know who you're talking. I can't remember his name, but he's got like the really jacked shoulders. Yeah, like, I know exactly. <laughs> so he ran this event called Real Weights for Real Heroes, mm -hmm. and uh, I was very excited about it, mm -hmm. and I was going to try and make it down, and then he canceled it about a week or two ahead of time, and that wasn't the problem. I understand that things happen, but his response when he came out, he was like, "Oh, all you people who had plane tickets and, and stuff." Yeah, I may have mishandled this, but you should have had ticket insurance. So we're not going to do anything for you. And I was really mad about that. Yeah. Um, and then this guy, Alan Roberts, came out of nowhere and said, that's a bullshit move. I'm going to run my own event called Suck at the Fuck Up for Six Hours. And I'm like, this is my dude. This is my dude. <laughs> yeah. I love this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Alan, Alan is a great channel. I mean, I started watching him when I was, when I, was, I think I was 15, and I commented on like his Instagram live videos. And I was like, yo, Alan what's the advice? And then he'd, he'd always give me like a, like I did it once or twice and he'd be like, and I'd, I'd, I'd write like I'm 15 and he'd be like, motherfucker, I'm not giving advice to a 15 year old. <laughs> I actually remember him saying that. Uh, Might've been you. That was probably, probably me to be honest with you. Just because, I don't know. I've been, I've been, I've been debating making a channel for a long time and me and Turkey would just eventually like, you know what? Like, let's just actually put something out there and try um, yeah, that happened. Is it? How did how did that kind of go? So I didn't I didn't know there was space for it, and he showed me that that you could you could challenge the bullcrap that was out there and still put out good information. Now he leaned more towards the just calling out the yeah um, what was wrong and yeah. less of the instructional side. But I felt like there were good channels out there that were doing that. Uh, so I was like, wow, I could I could maybe do that. I'm a sarcastic son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I kept toying with the idea for over a year. Mm. And uh, I say this in my "What the fuck is pure bullfit" uh, yeah. video, and it, it is the it is the truth, even though it sounds like some crap that came out of a movie. Um, the last conversation that I had with my sister before she passed from cancer that she had been fighting for six years revolved around not wasting time. Mm -hmm. As you can imagine, someone who is out of time, that would be the message that they want to pass. And ultimately, that's what she passed to me. I said, "I don't know. I don't know anything about social media. I don't know anything about YouTube. I don't think I'm ready for this." And she said, "You're never going to feel like you are." Don't waste any more time. So I made the video um, four fitness myths or four infuriating fitness myths or something like that. My first cringy ass video that still embarrassed every time I see somebody watched. 
recorded it on my phone, used a free editing app, and uh, it all started there. Alan, I'd never told Alan that I was doing it, but he reached out to me and he said, hey, um, good try. This is dumb. This would be smarter. Do this and try again. And I and the first like five or six videos that I I uh, I put out, he gave me unsolicited advice. Mm, nice. Like two ways to to take yeah, that. You yeah. can be like, oh fuck you, old man, or you can be like, okay, I'm gonna take this and I'm gonna implement it. And then he thinks I don't know, but I do know. Uh, I know that he reached out to James Linker and said, hey, hit this kid up and uh, talk to him. Uh, and then. James reached out to me and mentored me on on how to focus more on the information end mm -hmm. so that not just saying Thomas DeLauer is an idiot yeah he's stupid to find his own ass with two hands and a roadmap yeah but I also follow that up with saying okay here's the real information yeah, exactly. yeah. and it's and a that balance, like, yeah yeah but there's also a whole thing now I mean we have a massive actually kind of issue now with Pete I mean and this is like maybe a little bit Indeed, but in society, with uh, you know, authority as a as a as a thing. Well, not authority. I mean, being able to take advice. It's becoming like a like an issue. People don't like the kind of. It's like when People someone gives you an advice, and it might be harsh, but sometimes you need a reality check, and someone is gonna go, "Well, hey, that was that was pretty fucking stupid." I have that from talking. Like, I mean, I I, yeah. I I don't know if there's something wrong with the channel, but you I'm said sure. you told me earlier that you that you only saw six videos, and we have 25 up on there, so I'm confused as to as to why there's only six videos showing on the channel. Like that that worries me. Um, but um, what I was gonna say is is Tarquin um, is like is like my he's kind of my he's my he's my check in a way because yeah. he's he's on the one. And like, I don't mind sometimes using I, clickbait and a little bit of cringiness just to, just because I think I it's funny. It. And then Tarquin is like, I fucking hate it, Ruben, get your shit together. We're, I, we're not having this I, fight. I hate it. Yeah. I, I hate it with a passion. And the one <laughs> thing which I think about it is that like, like the kind of thing which you put out there is the kind of audience that you're going to attract to the fact that YouTube is such a free market. And like, I mean, the comment that you have pulled out has actually given you, I get, you know, I would imagine most of the subscribers and the fans that you actually want because yeah. it's not as much of a persona that comes out of dishonesty. Um, yeah. So that's why I think uh, we've really tough. Hmm? Yeah, you, try, you have to try and like be yourself and be authentic, hmm. but you also have to take a look at what people are responding to and give them enough of that so that they'll receive the message. Yeah. So yeah. anyone who knows me knows that I. I have to be angry to rag on somebody. I don't enjoy it. I always feel bad afterwards. Uh, but that is hands down the most that people have ever watched any of my videos. I did a recent video on yeah. John. I was encouraging people. He had a heart attack. And I'm like, yeah. hey, guys, go watch his content. Like yeah. 6,000 people watched that. I put fake weights in my title. I got like 77,000 fucking views God. off of that. And that bothers me. It yeah. does. So how do we find a way to... Get people to want to engage with the content, but also give them the information that they need yeah. at the same time. And that is a delicate balance that yeah. folks either fuck up and go to the dark side, mm -hmm. or they they manage, or they mm -hmm. fail miserably and they make great content that five thousand people view. Well, what we did with yeah. the John Meadows thing actually, because I was like, look, and this is where me and Tarquin have tried. Now, obviously, our channel's small, so our average view for the video is like 25, um, 20, 25. But what we did with the John Meadows one, which funny enough is one of our better viewed videos, is essentially what I said is like, look, okay, 
this I want to put the story out there because I really like John Meadows and I've watched his stuff for a long time. But we also needed to get out there. So what we did is we were like, we're going to talk about him, but then we're going to talk about steroids and sports. And that's like, so then we're like, okay, we'll mix the a story. So we're like, look, he's a guy, he's open about, about, about drug use. And then, that's and, then, and then we go talk about should there be steroids in sport? Because that's obviously clickbaity, you know? And I mean, both are yeah. good discussions to have, I would reckon. I don't know. <laughs> 100%. But yeah, that's, but that's, you okay they talk with so, something um yeah i do i'm fine um this thing there obviously there are a few things that you wanted to specify but i, I would like to like what one of the the obviously especially why here is maybe we should go a little bit into detail on some of the athlete next stuff um like i said guys i don't, know, I don't know Ruben. yeah yeah sorry what, what were you saying kevin yeah no, I just said it's whatever you guys want to talk about. Yeah. So, like, don't hold back. Ask whatever you want. If I don't know, I'm going to say I don't know. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Well, I mean, do you think it's do you think it's all a little bit trivial, a little bit bullshit that everyone's kind of hopping on this shit, like, right now? I think it's opportunistic. Yeah, um, and of the things that we talk about, I think it doesn't matter as much as people want it to matter yeah. or as much as certain people need it to matter. Yeah. Um, but like I said in my video, imagine, imagine somebody helps you as much, uh, as I have repeatedly said that Jeff Cavalier's content has helped me. I am in less pain every single day because of his content. So imagine getting from that point and vehemently defending him to going, I acknowledge that this is a significant possibility that yeah. these are weight and I will be disappointed. Yeah. So like, I don't, people are understanding how much and how seriously yeah. that I'm taking the topic. Even though the extent to which some people are trying to bring it is fucking yeah. ludicrous. Yeah. Actually, act like the man murdered somebody. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like, look, look, and, and this is a thing. I've, I've, I've said, like, we're open to interviewing anyone, even if it's people that we say that we don't like. And I mean, not that I don't like Alec or Curleen. I asked Curleen if he wants to do an interview. Like, yeah, fuck. I, yeah. I asked Curleen if he wants to do an interview. He said, sorry, no. Um, and I asked Alec if he wants to do an interview. Alec is like, I don't know if he's going to do it or not. We'll see. Okay. Um, because because I've sent him a, a we, we, we've had a bit of back and forth, but we haven't confirmed anything yet. So if he sees this video, Alec, buddy, like, like you can come on. Anyone can come on. Um, I mean, I, I have a quick question to ask at that. Pick, pick, pick the worst of the three. Um, Jim, uh, Jim Stepani, Joel Seedman, or Chris Hernia. Which one is the worst? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, Chris Hernia. Chris Hernia all day. No, I disagree. I disagree. I think it's Jim Stepani. Say again? I think it's Jim Stepani. I think that Joel Seedman's uh, sort of cultish fascination with limited range of motion training will at worst inhibit somebody's progress, not yeah. put them in direct, yeah. too much direct danger. And I think that Chris Heria, uh, I think that if you know enough about strength training, you know that he's full of shit. Mm -hmm. um, and nobody, you have to learn a significant amount to get to the level where anything he shows you would be dangerous. Mm -hmm. So his bar star stuff. Mm -hmm. So you would kind of weed yourself out of danger before there. Yeah. Jim Stepani is a doctor with uh, relevant credentials who is actively saying i can cure your x issue with my supplements yeah. and he's and I, leaner than full heath by the way 
He's 4% body fat. Let's not forget. Let's not forget. He's 4% body fat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't so know if you saw the ad on his channel for the for the eight-week shreds program with his, with his uh, massive supplement stack that you have to buy. Yep. With the 36 different kind of protein powders and BCAAs, but... Um, I think that that's why he's the worst. Uh, I think that he does more to subvert people's success uh, in order to get a short-term gain for money. I think he's of the three that you named. I think he's the worst. Yeah, is it? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we did a Chris, we did a Chris Hernia video, for which he did from a while back. And to be honest with you, the the, the only bad thing about Chris Hernia is like, if you want to do calisthenics, watch his video. But if you want yes. to squat or deadlift, don't. Because one, yeah. he's got so much butt wink at the bottom of his squat that it's not even funny. And two, his he, he went from a conventional deadlift to a sumo deadlift in two years and is still lifting the exact same amount of weight. So clearly there's something wrong. And he's lying because he says that he's been that he's been that he's been lifting it, that he's been doing it for the whole two years. I'm like motherfucker. Have you That's been the program for a big lie. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But anyway, Tolkien, you want to tell us what happened when we're speaking of, the video, of like actual character? Um, speaking of actual characters, something which I actually want to get to is that I mean, I have to a much lesser degree than yourself. I've also benefited from Matthew Nixon's videos, getting injured in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu tournaments that. Um, that actually uh, inhibited my squat when I first started getting into lifting, and some of those videos helped me like quite a lot. And as they have, as they have with thousands and thousands and millions of people. So, like, obviously there are people jumping on the bandwagon to perform mm -hmm. this kind of character assassination of him, which to me is is indicative. I don't entirely know of what, because I mean, apart from the possibility of using fake weights, there doesn't seem to be a lot on Jeff that is incredibly shady. It's not like he's an asshole. It's not like he's really robbing people out of his money. And most fitness YouTubers actually rave about him as kind of like a little bit of the poster child of having like good morals in, in this industry. So how do you feel about like, obviously the fact that people are attacking him, but also strangely that I've seen, you know, some very nasty comments of you being called the kind of like dick rider of Jeff Cavalier just for saying a nice thing about him and re being reasonably <laughs> centrist on the issue. It's a little bit fucking insane. Um, so, considering, I don't know about you, but I don't see anything about Jeff's character that is dodgy to me, even if he did use the fake ways. So the character assassination is about the effect. It's not actually about the substance. And you can't take any of that stuff personally. When I was a Marine, I was called a baby killer and all of these other things just because I was a Marine and people... One, what they want to take what they want to take your wrapping, your uniform, they want to take your uh, aesthetic, they want to take your belief system or whatever, and they want to vilify it to undermine your message. We're, we're talking and, about the hippies, by the way, for those of you asking, the radical leftists <laughs> who don't like the police either. Uh, yeah. Just, just uh, sorry. Uh, okay, I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> I had to say that. I married a hippie. Uh, okay. uh, <laughs> and that's why I got the long hair. No. Uh, yeah, but th there is stuff like that, vilifying entire groups, vil vilifying uh, people for their belief system or their modality and, and, and things like that. It doesn't actually come down to whether or not you object to the uniform of a Marine mm -hmm. or um, or me taking a stance with a, a reasonable stance. I believe, I truly believe it's a reasonable stance mm -hmm. about this whole controversy. 100%. Yeah, um, it's about attacking my, uh, people's perception of me so that they don't hear what I have to say. And that's a common tactic. 
if if you attack someone's message and their argument and you attack them, that's generally for entertainment value. Yeah. If only attacking their position, that's an argument. If you're attacking their character, that's a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the things that people yeah. should watch out for. Yeah. If they're just an insult, if they're just saying, yo, you can't trust this guy because uh, he's a credential whore, or if you, you can't trust this guy because he's a bodyguard, you're not defending your arguments. Yeah. You know you're, you're wrong. Then, unfortunately, though, much of YouTube is about who can roast the best, which is... Yeah. Um, it's like, it's like, and I mean, that's why the, the, those videos, I mean, what videos get the most views on YouTube? It's like Natty or not, yep. roasting someone, um, calling someone out, maybe. And I mean, look, I think the person who really, really made the Natty or not famous is probably Fillion. I don't know if you ever watched Fillion's yeah. video. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. I'm, I'm calling Fillion out because Fillion needs to come back to his channel because he doesn't really upload anymore. And I miss his content. <laughs> <laughs> he's got it's about a week old where he talks about fitness again and i do yeah. believe that he realized he's and he's going to come back to it yeah but and this might come as a surprise to you mm-hmm. so did vegan gains mm-hmm. and he gets credit for that mm-hmm. people go for the entertainment value of that and that's a legitimate reason to watch videos yeah. Yeah. that's okay take a look at greg Doucette. we started our channels at the same time he has what six eight times the amount of people that, that I do. I got like 80,000, he's got over 400,000. He makes the Jersey Shore and the Desperate Housewives of YouTube fitness content. And it's makes I mean, I love Greg. It I watch works. his videos all the time. <laughs> yeah. it, it works and that's okay if you're going for the entertainment value. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that people who do that should conflate it with, even if you're the same person putting out the other kind of content with content that is substantive. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just which actually is going to ask you where for a younger channel and for a lot of other people in general, where do you draw the lines around? And I know it seems crazy, but you know, I watched in your introduction to Bullford video, you had uh, a very clear sense of your morality around the fitness industry of saying that I'm going to call out bullshit to the best of my degree. And if this channel goes in the direction of something which you guys deem subversive, you have the freedom to call me up. And I yeah. thought that that was an awesome message to actually start up a channel. So where do you draw a line between, I think at some, I don't think any kind of marketing is dishonest, but there is a degree to which we met, we kind of touched on it earlier that you're going to have to maybe deviate from the content, which you most want to put up to the content that is not a necessary evil, but maybe a little bit of a, a necessary hindrance to kind of grow your channel. So where do you like draw your lines and, the morals are like the kind of information that you're going to be putting out there and how you're going to actually grow it about your channel. Cause you could have done it, but you didn't. And you chose for whatever reason to put out informative content as well, even if it loads your subscriber count, but that must mean something. And, and I mean, you posted 16, what 16 free programs, 12 free programs. It's insane. The amount of stuff you put out. There. I've got it's very generous. Uh, I'm just trying to fill. I, I remember in one video you said twelve, so I'm gonna maybe I'm wrong, yeah. but 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 hey, then at least we're inflating your your image a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's absolutely no need to do that. Like, no, I know, I know. I will either reach people or I won't. But I have already, through the the personal interactions, reached enough people to feel like I've made a difference. Mm. So I will continue to do that in whatever form it comes in, and the free programs is in part to show people that this isn't, when I'm calling other folks out, that was that was an intentional move, not just out of the, the it, 
it was out of the kindness of my heart, but not just out of the kindness of my heart, because I need people to be able to believe that I mean what I say. Even if you disagree with what I say, I need you to be able to believe it. So if I'm calling out somebody who sells programs, say I decided to call out Alan Roberts, he sells programs. Well, if I'm selling programs, then there's my agenda. Yeah, yeah. So if I'm giving them away, especially since they only really take two or three hours out of my day, and I can positively affect thousands of people's lives, uh, it makes no sense to make $50 yeah. or whatever it is we're charging uh, for those programs. Um, but I'm also in a position that I, I don't have to charge for them. I, I live modestly, but I live modestly on purpose, and I have enough for me and my family. So I'm not trying to get rich because that's the other way that you go wrong. If you consider yourself an elite trainer, try and convince yourself that you're a fat loss and muscle building expert and all you have is a ISSA fucking uh, CPT yeah. and you don't really ask. Which we know it doesn't necessarily mean anything in the first place. You know, just like the Nazi no. personal trainer certificate. Oh, yeah. No, pe people, get, yeah. people get me wrong. I think that education and experience are both important. I think that the best combination is education and experience. Mm. But... Education is important. I do not think that your three lift total is the same as somebody's seven year degree. Yeah. And if that makes you feel bad and I hurt your little feelings, you're just gonna have to keep making videos about it. I don't apologize. You know who you are, come on the podcast, you can defend yourself. <laughs> I encourage you. I encourage you. All right, thanks, man. No, I mean, it's like, it's like I, I think about it this way, it's like, I, I started about a year ago. I did like my own thing on, on YouTube for a little bit and I tried and I posted a couple of like informational videos, but I realized something really quickly, which is like, I'm a law student. I'm not studying physiology, right? I do gym as a part, as, as, as something that I really enjoy and that I really love because I, I enjoy strongman and I like powerlifting and that type of stuff. But for me to now try tell people how they're supposed to work out, it's like, I write Tarquin's program because I think I can, I mean, like, yeah. I think I've built up, up, up enough knowledge to get a beginner to, you know, get his lifts up. With Tarquin, mm -hmm. it's difficult because he does MMA and balancing MMA and, and, and training is really, yeah. really, really difficult. But coming out of fucking hard sparring, doing like <laughs> going straight into deadlifts, and I realized that I needed to balance <laughs> out those two. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, any stress. there's only so much glycogen in your body, exactly. and uh, wrestling uses a lot of it. Yeah, just use yeah. a lot of exactly. it. Exactly, and and I mean we so 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 like for example, because it has a carryover, we have them doing zercher squats instead of instead of regular squats because in Brazilian jiu jitsu, it's really it's a really useful position, right? Now, of course, the purists out there are gonna shit on me for saying this, but there's a couple of reasons. One is high squats didn't work with his knees. And two, low bar squats didn't work with his knees. Now, Mark Ripito, I like Mark. I actually use mostly his program for Tarquin. But, like, low bar squats don't feel nice for everyone. <laughs> they, they're difficult and they aggravate other conditions. And, and honestly, it's about – we have individual morphology. It's about finding – true programming, intelligent programming, is about finding what is going to work for your individual person and working with them closely. And that's why – one-on-one -on -one coaching is so much more effective than putting out free programs. Yeah. That's the other reason I can't, I can't charge people. I don't feel like I can charge people for, for the programs and resources that I put out there. It's like, I don't know if this is going to be exactly what you yeah. need. So, so how am I going to make yeah, you pay? Which, yeah. And I mean, this was the point. I mean, I got went off on a tangent there, but the point I was going to get to is, is it wouldn't be right of me 
to make a channel that is about dialing up, you know, the Jeff Nippard thing of I'm going to show you this study that shows this and this study that shows that because I don't feel like I'm qualified, but I do enjoy this sort of thing. So what, and what I like to do, and this is what my mom taught me from when I was a little kid is she was like, the best thing I can teach you is how to teach yourself. So what do I like to do? I like to talk to people and get what their take is not just on fitness, but what's their take on life. And that's kind of why I like these sorts of interviews. Cause I like to kind of get around, which is obviously why we ask you about the Marines and stuff like that, because it's not necessarily related to fitness, but I think it's got a lot to do with like, how the hell do you get out of a hole like that? That you're kind of fucking stuck in when you get into was- point in your life, when you're stagnant, you know? Yeah. I, I seriously was lucky is, is like, this is the thing that I try and get people to understand and, and sort of go off on a tangent myself. Mm. Uh, but I think it's, I'm not, please, please. So, sorry. Yeah. I'm not special. Mm. There's nothing fucking special about me. Except your hair. Well, <laughs> I'm lucky. I got hurt in the Marine Corps for dumb reasons. And then I found myself not able to be a Marine anymore. That that the series of circumstances, I was going to be freaking homeless, like I told you. I think, were we on recording at the time? I don't remember. We were recording, yeah. But uh, okay. yeah, we So folks know what I'm talking about there if they've been listening. Mm-hmm. All right. And then I, I lucked into a job at Blizzard Entertainment making video games. I didn't have any fucking experience. Wait, which video, video games? games did you make? Because I'm going to... Do you want to see? Y- yes. Wait, you play video games? What? What a legend. Hell yeah. Ugh. This is my name tag from Blizzard Entertainment when I worked there in the platform services department as a personnel and project manager. And this is every game that I worked on. Wait, let's see. You worked on Diablo 3? Fucking hell. Yeah. Diablo. Yo, that's insane. StarCraft was excellent, by the way. Um, StarCraft 2? Star, yeah. StarCraft 2 was really good. I'm going to tell you one thing, because those are excellent, except Diablo 3, because I'm a Diablo 2 guy. Um, I still I still play Diablo 2 land with my brother. I don't know if you ever played Diablo 2, but yes. gosh, that game is excellent. And I tried Diablo 3 and I didn't like it. I'm sorry. but um, Well, my friends at, that, that are still at Blizzard tell me if you like Diablo 2, you're going to love Diablo 4. Is it? Okay, well... How's that for a marketing pitch? Now I have to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely. So, so I lucked into that job, hmm. and that job just happened to have Scott Brangle from East Coast West Coast Strength and Conditioning, a incredibly, very very it, it just uh, world's strongest woman inaugural, the very first one, 2017. Leif Angles, one of my coaches, one of his students. Uh, Sean Demarius is a lightweight, multi-time America's Strongest Man, World's Strongest Man competitor. Uh, Casey Garrison, incredibly competitive. He's come in second to Brian Shaw a number of times, I do believe, uh, in the heavyweight. Uh, Like, the guy knows what the fuck he's talking about. And he's running a health and wellness program at Blizzard Entertainment? Are you kidding me? Like, I didn't know any of that when talking. But he's the one who helped me work around my physical disabilities. He's the one who taught me how to train and train hard despite it. And then it's just been one great opportunity after another in my life. So, what, like, I didn't accomplish anything amazing in by myself. I, I'm not a anybody can do what I did. If they had the luck that I had with the people that that I had the opportunity to meet and, and where I got to be, and if they had, um, geez, I, I seriously don't think that there's anything that I've accomplished that anybody else couldn't accomplish. My 405-pound bench, whatever. If you had my resources, 
the, the training, the people that I got to work with, if you had the kind of time I got to devote to it, you, you could get there too. 500 pound squat. I know lots of little people. Omar Isof, I outweigh him by 80 fucking pounds and he can hit every one of my lifts. Except He's the bench. He got, oh, he can't do 405 yet. He's going to get there. He is going to, I believe, look, I, I think Omar is an insane example because I actually think Omar is way stronger and way more jacked than people give him credit for. Just because he he's is. such a nice guy and he doesn't really talk about it. But he's super fucking strong. I mean, in terms of, so, yeah, in terms of body composition, like I, I've been watching his channel for a long time. Like I bulked up to the same weight he bulked up to. I bought, I, th I think I was a bit heavy. I bulked up to 205 and then I'm busy cutting down. And body composition-wise, I'm very similar to him. I also have the ass chest crack in the middle. You can't see it now because of the shadow. But I also have the I also have the crack down the middle, you know. But 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 the thing is, I'm not. I mean, look, you. Some people will argue and be like, yeah, but you're 17, and I'm like, yeah, but my lifts are nowhere near his lifts. Like my my squat is like 405, and my bench is 290, and my deadlift is 455. It's like. What those are. Those were all great for a, what what did you say, 19 year old? 17. 17? Yeah. Those were Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a little I'm a little young. <laughs> and you're, you're actually, look, there are neurological adaptations that are not going to happen until you are done growing. Uh, density of muscle tissue and the uh, the whole night. Old man strength is not a rumor, it's real. Yeah. It's like have you ever seen a dad that doesn't like Philion even said it? Have you ever seen a dad that doesn't have big calves and big forearms? Like, they all yeah. have big calves. The second you give birth to a child, something happens in your biology where you just explode in, in like, the calves. Everyone struggles with the calves until you have a baby. Then all of a sudden, they get bigger. That's what you tell Omar. It, it's the first thing I love. That is what we should tell Omar. Yeah. So, Akeem, what, what were you saying, man? I was saying um, it's the first thing I learned when I when I started rolling in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is old man strength is real. Getting fucking oh, sad yeah. and beating the fuck out about forty year olds, it's insane. Um, but I, there's actually there's something that you were saying earlier that uh, <laughs> I know um, no guys went off course, but I took a little bookmark there. There's something which I wanted to ask you about, which is really interesting. What you're saying that you're saying that you didn't necessarily feel special for coming from you know some debilitating injuries to getting some fantastic looks. But I want to uh, ask you, not necessarily related to military, but for a lot of people, what is a good growth mindset to have when you come from injuries and you decided to take it upon yourself to train? Because I think for a lot of people, that injury, it puts them at a little bit of a disadvantage because you kind of see yourself as broken. And, yeah. and you, get, you can get caught in a negative feedback loop when you fail, when you actually try to do these things. And that stops you from starting, which is obviously the worst thing, but... You, you can't help your psychology in that way. So what is the, what kind of mindsets could you actually implement to be able to, even with those debilitating things, walk up to, as you described it, getting dragged by a, yeah, to a power rack and then actually going, fuck it, I'm going to do this. So it's not abandoning reason. Um, the first thing that I had to understand is life is not fair and it's not going to be fair. And when I was able to accept that, I was ready for the lesson that, with the way that that uh, my obstacles manifest, I'll have good days and I'll have bad days. Uh, there are days that I literally cannot get myself out of bed without help, or I'll have to spend a half an hour on the floor stretching and getting into a position where I can just function at all. And then I have days like yesterday where I can come home and set a personal freaking record. Um, I, I hit 315 pounds for uh, 10 reps on the bench press. 
Uh, and that I've never done that before, let, let alone that should sleep. be 405. To be honest, if you put that into any calculator, it'll pop 405 out as a number. Eh? Like, I, I think <laughs> you're right, but I was alone in the backyard and I didn't want to risk it. So <laughs> um, I, I don't want to die out there. Mm -hmm. My wife would be mm -hmm. really upset. Yeah. Yeah. I tell myself the, the, the important thing and the thing I try and share with others is when you are dealing with physical obstacles or even emotional obstacles, because uh, there's like executive dysfunction or bipolar disorder or all of these other things that you could be suffering from that could impact your training. Do what you can, when you can, every time that you can, but give yourself absolutely no crap about what you can't do. Mm. And just be honest with yourself yeah. about the difference between those two things. You're going to make progress over time, I have learned, accepting that you're going to have bad days and not be able to train at all. But being consistent on the good days and doing everything that you can. You'd be amazed what, you're, what the body can do. Are you guys familiar with Casey Mitchell, the one-legged monster? Is, it, is this the guy that did the deadlifting? That did the, I don't know if it was of some famous deadlift video of him. Or, or I don't know if it's that guy. I don't know if I'm thinking about the same guy. He's a professional powerlifter. He runs his own supplement. Yeah. He's, a, he's a veteran. Uh, he had his yeah. leg blown off. Yeah, um, I know. Yeah, it's the same guy. It's the amputee. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Now. One leg. Deadlift 700 pounds. One leg i can barely do 530 with two legs that's insane it's crazy so you'd be amazed so, so i mean obviously you you talking obviously a little bit about like forgiveness once you actually decide to take it upon yourself to do that training but it's obviously i think for a lot of themselves it's uh or for a lot of people as they begin to it, it's hard to actually find a little bit of a stoicism to get there which i know is conflated with laziness but i'm sure that you would understand um especially being around the Marines, like when mental health is a little bit of an issue. I think sometimes people can really want to do those things, even when they're injured. Like, yeah. let's say I'm an amputee and I really want a deadlift. And I can be easy on myself and maybe I can have a little bit of self-love for myself. But there's, there's, there's a, you know, motivation isn't infinite. I mean, guys like Jocko Willink would insist that that's where discipline and dedication yeah. Yeah. comes into play. Because then some days that the motivation is not going to be there. But that's also hard to actually keep that consistent and not come through a mental burnout. And I wouldn't know, but I'm just trying to kind of get on behalf of people that would suffer those mental health issues. That's why I don't fuck with motivation. No, I don't approach this for motivation. I don't leave room for it to be the difference maker. Um, and it's not strictly discipline either. It's inertia. So like when you're driving a car, you don't have your foot exactly on as much gas as it takes to drive 70 kilometers an hour you get up to 70 kilometers an hour you coast your foot comes off the gas pedal and when you need more gas you put a little bit more on you're, you're kind of rolling and cruising through that when you're trying to overcome a physical obstacle or emotional obstacle uh, or just get started to begin with do one thing make that a habit and once that is a habit once that is a behavior in your life add another thing and on good days add more things but never go beneath what you've established as your minimal. And that way you keep that inertia going and you're going to build and build and build. And that consistency over time will get you where you wanted to go. Could I, without the physical obstacles that I have, have gotten where I am now faster than six years? Absolutely. But I'm here now. Now I'm the strongest. 41 years old, I'm the strongest I've ever been in my entire life. I got the best hair I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> Sometimes it's just putting in the work day after day. Well, that's, a, that's amazing. And, and it's I also, say, I mean, it's also like mindset because in six years, 
I mean, with, with not having a growth mindset, you could have been worse off in some ways. I know that the physical obstacles are very real, but I mean, for sure, your attitude towards it must have been extremely healthy. So, um, It got healthy, mm-hmm. but full disclosure, and I don't think I've actually talked about this on the channel, uh, I had a lot of counseling and uh, therapy to get there. Yeah. Uh, so didn't get there by myself. No, no, yeah. And, and I mean, that, that that's, that's part of the process, though. And I, I want to quickly mention, mind you, Tarquin, unfortunately, now no longer has his locks, but he used to also have the floppy <laughs> locks at the back. He, for MMA uh, reasons, he had to, he had had to, to cut had them to off. I the metal shirt to compensate today. Yeah, the Metallica shirt. Um, <laughs> wait, yeah, let me see. Everyone does a Metallica shirt. <laughs> was that was for jujitsu? And. And just yeah, and justice for jiu-jitsu, the most oppressed martial art of all time, all gay because it creates close contact, despite of being very brutal. But yeah, yeah. But but what I wanted to get to is is, and this is an interesting thing because I think the mental health thing carries over quite a lot when it comes to the whole. You know, you did a couple of videos on on the fat acceptance movement. Yeah. Um, and I mean, mm. I don't I don't necessarily think we have to talk about. I mean, everyone essentially who can pick up Google knows that obesity puts you at an increased risk for certain, for a whole bunch of different things and why it's not healthy. And I mean, I myself, I've dealt with people who say, no, I'm obese because I have a thyroid problem. And then I go, like, my mom doesn't have a thyroid and she weighs 53 kilos and she's five foot seven. Like, she's she has a BMI of 18 and a half and she doesn't have a thyroid. So don't come telling me that. And maybe sometimes I can also go too far. And I think there's a line between being helpful and just being an asshole, right? Which you've also, which you also draw. Like you can, there's a, you can't criticize people if you're an alcoholic, right? Um, well, yeah. I mean, you can, but you, you probably should look at yourself okay. first, right? You don't talk to people about addiction if you're still struggling with addiction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then again, um, I mean, I would say to some extent, everyone struggles with an addiction of some sort. Sure, but if if your version of talking to them is to shit on them, yeah, 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 you're not oh, yeah, speaking. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, you I'm, have. Uh, hmm. You're saying you just need to exert willpower to get over this when you haven't got that yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, yeah. It's like it's the funniest thing. My dad smokes, and he goes, "Please don't smoke. <laughs> Please don't <Exactly>. smoke." <laughs> I mean, it works because he goes, "Look at how much money I've wasted on all this." Oof. I don't know how expensive they are there, but their cigarettes are very expensive. How here, much do they sure. cost in, in the states? A regular uh, packet, if you had to take a happy medium. The cheapest is like five dollars and change. Gosh, that's Cheap. terrible. That's a lot. Well, actually, uh, you should you should get this. So we obviously had prohibition of cigarettes the moment that uh, coronavirus broke out mm-hmm. in our country, and there are some very interesting conspiracy theories surrounding reasons for that which involve a lot of people making a lot of money from underground cigarette trades. But um, black, what could you say? The black market cigarettes went up to what would be, I think, 50 to $75 per box in US dollars. I, 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 I shit you not. Per, per, I shit you not. Per like. For a pack of cigarettes, some people were charging up to the equivalent of $50 because you could not obtain them anywhere else. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. So a regular box of cigarettes in South Africa, the cheapest box you can buy would be about, let's call it 80 cents American. But 
that's a cancer stick. It's not something you want to smoke. An actual box of cigarettes. <laughs> an actual box of cigarettes that you can get is is let's call it let's call it somewhere around a dollar and a half, right, for a decent box of cigarettes this side. Then again, though, I the the minimum wage in South Africa is uh, I you, I know you guys don't have minimum wage as far as I know, but uh, we we. We we have it and it's three and a half thousand rand, which is two hundred and twenty dollars a month is minimum wage here, and so most people when they look at cigarettes, it's like in in, in proportion to what you're actually making per month, it's a massive amount. Massive it's, amount. Yeah, in South Africa, percent. most people smoke what two boxes a day on average, so it's not like it's a small thing. <laughs> So most people buy in bulk. We buy the mega cartons. So you can even buy boxes. You just buy a box and you take it home. You kind of stash it in the bottom. Um, but now, yeah, I just yeah. This was in. specifically leaning towards fan acceptance, which I would like to. I mean, you are more than welcome to obviously rant on this. I mean, I know, I know we have a little bit in the past, but something which I, I specifically wanted to get to is that I know that you say that it's important to, and I, and it is important to all treat them with respect. But mm -hmm. I think one of the harder things and what frustrates people is that in America, there seems to be a, a very interesting climate being created around a lot of these, uh, a lot of these people that if you fall into any, uh, if you fall into any category of someone that is, you know, oppressed by a certain structure, especially with obesity being the supposed beauty standard that has been oppressed for centuries, it gives them a certain leverage to get away with behavior and talking about other people that would yeah. otherwise be completely unacceptable. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I find being reasonable can be a, it is the right discourse and it always will be the right discourse, but it's becoming increasingly harder and harder when the people who really get attention for going after, you know, people who embrace fat acceptance are going to be your provocateurs, your Mali Yiannopoulos yep. types, and your people that want to, you know, absolutely slate them. And while the antics of how they go about doing what they do isn't the best, they 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 are, in my opinion, closer to um, the side of morality for at least putting out truth against something that is very repressive against them. So it's like it's a difficult it's a difficult one to balance. And I think, for, uh, look, I like the way that you go about doing it talking about that fat acceptance movement. But I know amongst my classmates, I have come into like, in the past, I've come into horrible criticism from some classmate feminists when I said something as simple as, well, I think having a certain standard of beauty is healthy because it encourages society in the right direction. I was called like fascist, yeah. I was called evil, you know. But, but you, were, you, you wanted to say something there, Kevin. So I just wanted, because you had your face <laughs> Like, do you feel like no you have way. to put your no finger way. up? If you want to say oh, something, no. then just tell us to shut up. Because I... Interrupt me. You, you wanted to say something. So I just want to, I just want to make sure we get... I, I just wanted to point out, uh, I am, I have no other obligations, but we've been talking for about 45 minutes and I wanted to make sure you guys got to everything because I don't know what you want to talk about, but I want to make sure that you get to everything you wanted to talk about. Okay. Okay. I, I want to check with you because if you got to go, you got to go. We, 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 yes. we, we, we go. And when we feel the conversation is over, we finish it. So I, I, I'm good. I'm I, good for time. Just trying to be considered. Okay. No, 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 no. It's okay. cool. It's not, it's no problem. Um, because it's, it's the evening here. It's late as hell wherever you are. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Like, it's late as hell, but I, I don't have I don't have plans tomorrow. I've got university from home, so I'm good. You know, 
Um, but but yeah, Tarquin, Tarquin made a point, and I mean, look, me and Tarquin don't really agree on everything because I have a different stance to him on a lot of the sort of stuff. But I do want to hear from you what you think the balance would be that you have to strike, kind of there, and how we should kind of it's, deal with it. It's a difference between how you open the conversation mm -hmm. and how you conduct yourself after the person reveals uh, how they're going to treat you, mm -hmm. right? So. I am a firm believer in opening the conversation with respect and dignity mm -hmm. because I want the message to be heard. Mm -hmm. So even when fat activists who had bad intentions hit me up and I, and they demonstrated their bad intentions over the course of time, I still spoke to them respectfully, listened to what they had to say, responded to it until such a time as they took actions like um, doxing or putting uh, uh, Crystal Roberts, Alan's wife, putting her, her, um, address out there to try and threaten her and scare Jeez. her uh, and, and you can't people don't know you can't scare crystal that woman is terrifying i, I, would yeah, not. I mean I, I i can't imagine imagine a whole bunch of land whales marching up to her house <laughs> trying to catch yeah. her like i'm sorry i'm sorry i had to make at least one joke like come on so i i i think that i think that society does not to the extent of of people of color not to the extent of people in poverty not to the extent of uh, certain religions or anything else, I, I think it is ludicrous for people of size or fat people uh, to compare themselves to those groups. Um, you know, you, you in the mid 80s when I was growing up, you couldn't come out as homosexual or somebody would throw you off a bridge. And you want to compare that to getting called fat in middle school? Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. I, I have no sympathy 100%. for that. However, yeah. if I want you to hear my message, since there is this movement out there that's trying to convince you that what you're doing is healthy uh, and not to listen to doctors, I have to reach you. And yeah. if it, it is satisfying to say, shut up and listen to what I have to say, you're wrong, but it's not effective. Yeah. And mm -hmm. if I open the conversation long enough for them to hear me, to plant a seed, to get them to change their behavior, it doesn't matter whether or not I had to listen to 10 hours or five months of nonsense as long as we get to that point where they're taking better care of themselves. Yeah. It's when they cross that 100%. line, they, yeah. they so, treat other people. Yeah. And, the way you got treated in response yeah. to your comment was because they were expecting certain behaviors out of you and you were, you were getting the backlash for maltreatment they had perhaps received from someone else or were expecting because that's what normally comes next. That, and that's kind of the point that they make is like, so they, when you, when you are like, when you act in that way, in a disrespectful way, then you prove that point for them. So it, re it, it encourages the argument in their own mind because they're going, look, here's a perfect example of, yes. the, of the fat shaving. Now, what I would yeah. say, because I don't completely agree with Hoffman, I don't think really that the discussion about the obesity thing, is a is is a discussion necessarily about beauty standards i think it's more so a discussion of because let's be honest cosmo magazine is not controlled by a majority vote anorexic supermodels are not controlled by a majority vote because i can tell you right now that most men don't find anorexic women very attractive right anymore it, it, exactly yeah. it, exactly and i mean like look let's we can define where too skinny is or whatever but 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 my my it's like and i think to be honest with you stephen crowder put this really nicely and i don't know if you know who stephen crowder is but i do he just definitely everyone does i know it. but 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 he put this really nicely it's like it's like men find women attractive generally within as long as you're within the bounds of health 
there aren't really that many complaints. And I think what it's about is it's not really about beauty. What it is, is it's about, it's about are you going to decrease your lifespan by doing what you're doing? Because at the end yep. of the day, people are going to find attractive what they want to find attractive. For me, the issue becomes is, look, are you decreasing your life your life expectancy if you have kids do you want to decrease your life expectancy and this was my criticism of tess holidays like she has children it's like would you not want to spend as much time as possible with the kids that you have and, and i mean i i get kind of upset about that and maybe I, I i i sometimes go a bit too far but you know i i mentioned something like that in a comment on a, on a post and i, I got absolutely hammered for saying anything to maybe maybe losing a bit of weight would be like you know somewhat beneficial but there's there's legitimate anger and ire on on the other side too imagine uh dehumanized not even really dehumanized but demeaned Mm -hmm. Uh, imagine being demeaned for simply the way that you you grew up looking yeah yeah most of us don't have to worry about that Mm -hmm. i i was relatively attractive kid uh, when I was skinny, uh, when I was bigger than I am now, and, like I've never had to worry about it. Nobody's ever treated me poorly because of the way that I look. Right. I had acne for a while. Ooh, I had zits. What freaking teenager doesn't? Um, yeah, I still have it, buddy. The acne is still ripe. That's why I sit up. You're, <laughs> you're going to be fine. You're 17. Relax. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we don't have a frame of reference for the sometimes decades of snide comments that people go through. And, and I, do, I don't think that opening with you're a fat fuck uh you should probably lose some weight is defensible oh no. yeah i agree with you but yeah i agree 100 percent. it certainly it certainly like, isn't like uh, yeah i was just gonna say i oh, think sorry. that a person who actually cares who's actually coming from a place of legitimate concern there is another person who's using it as an excuse mm-hmm. to shit on someone yeah. When it's not their weight, it's their hair. When it's not their hair, it's their skin color. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they got freckles. If you go read TikTok or YouTube comments, yeah. there's always something nasty somebody is going to say. Yeah. And for a lot of people, health concern is the way that they get to troll and, and crap on other people. It does exist. That is, oh, yeah. that is something I disagree with some of my contemporaries on, is people suck. And they do this stuff intentionally because they want to cause harm. Mm-hmm. They want to feel superior. And they use the moral rectitude of being on the right side of the argument about whether or not fat is unhealthy to, to enact that. Yeah. And I just thought, I, I think we have to hold ourselves to a standard that says, if we're really going to demonstrate concern, be concerned for the whole person. Don't yeah. just be concerned yeah. for them adopting a physique yeah. that you find acceptable. Yeah. Because look, the honest, the honest truth I, is, I can, I can agree. Yeah. Being, being at a BMI yeah, I, I, of 35, even if you are super duper muscular, and you can squat 500 pounds is still not healthy. It's yep. it's actually more difficult for your for your heart to pump blood through muscle than it is through fat. It is more taxing on your system to be obese to to be have a BMI that's 35 plus when you With, when you're super muscular than it is to be super fat. So people who are who are body jacked steroid using bodybuilders who are saying lose some fucking weight. It's like it's like what 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 position are you in? It's like I know. I was considering what they use to get that. Size. Exactly, exactly. And it's like, you're it's like yeah, the mass. You're on fucking yeah. PEDs. Well, well, I mean, it's like I was my BMI was thirty when I was finished with my bulk, and I mean, I was I was fluffy as hell, 
Tarquin, Tarquin loves the photos of me when I was that size because I had like the chubby on the cheeks. You know, yeah. I have a picture of me doing a most muscular, except I was holding my breath, but like it was all inflated. <laughs> so it looks it looks quite it looks quite comical. But um, but yeah, I think that's 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 an important that's an important thing. It's like it's not healthy either way. So I think what we need to do is if you can get the people to hear you, and I mean, that is quite difficult because it's difficult to get people to hear you, even if you speak respectfully, because like you said, often they've come from a background where they're used to receiving so much criticism that they've kind of blocked it off, right? They don't want to listen to anything, no matter how nice it is. But I think it's like you have to approach it from the standard of, look, we're not trying to turn you into a powerlifting 400 pound bencher. It's like, we're just trying to get you to a position and we're trying to support you to get to a position where you're not at immediate risk of high risk of a whole bunch of different, a whole bunch of different things. Well, even then you're still probably going to be vilified depending on the person. Oh yeah. So those, those same two individuals from the fat acceptance movement that were fat activists mm. uh, who hit me up and constantly sent me articles trying to convince me that I was wrong. I, I spoke to them respectfully. I heard what they had to say. We had reasonable conversations. And then when I drew a line in the sand because they were doing the same things that they were complaining about being done to them, I was like, we're not going to talk anymore. It wasn't even like I said F off. I was like, hey, I found out you did this thing. I told you my stance on it. So our reasonable conversation is over. Please don't contact me again. And that's how I handled it. Which is what I actually They were posting pictures of me saying things I never said. Like fat deserved to die. Oh gosh, no! But that happens so often nowadays as well. It's this misrepresentation. You know, you take a YouTube clip out of context. But anyway, talk when you wanted to say something, buddy. Yeah. Well, I actually wanted to. I wanted to ask you, like, with fat acceptance in general, where do you think? Uh, like, because you're saying, let's say it's a bad opener, and I agree, it is a bad opener. The people are people are uh, taking advantage of ridiculousness to um to to say, you know obscure things that they've been wanting to say for a long time because they have their own stick against fat people. But obviously all of us here are, are going to be maybe a different uh, sector of the population because we're all passionate about fitness and strength. And so that puts us in a different position to the average person who might see these issues on, on fat acceptance. And that is that where does society actually healthily place a certain kind of beauty standard? Because, you know, one could call me, you know, very old school and traditionalist to some degree, but I always like argue that when, when society has a general perceived standard of what is at least an ideal, as ancient and uh, archaic as that sounds, that generally puts everyone in a particular direction where they see a commonality of an ideal. And I think what now happens with the internet is that you have influences just like you can have fake bullshit fitness influences, you can have morbidly obese influences that kind of begin to warp a little bit of an ideal because someone who is now fat feels no need to lose that weight because they no longer believe in a certain ideal of health, which has okay. been loosely consistent throughout history. So I, I hear what you're saying, but it's like a hammer. It depends on how you use it. If you're building a shelter for someone, that sounds great. But if you think that other people aren't using that hammer to kill their ex-wife, you're wrong. Mm. And the way that this beauty standard has manifested in real life, uh, oftentimes is the death of young people as they pursue an aesthetic mm. in unhealthy ways. Yeah. So when 
I, I forget. I was talking about this. So strangely enough, today this is the second podcast I've been on today. Oh, uh, there was a one uh, a TV person Asia wanted to talk to me this morning, and, and I said the same example. I believe it's clenbuterol, uh, but there was a substance that's a fat burn that, that uh, became popular. Um, it mobilizes fat. When you mobilize fat, you create energy. Energy yeah. creates heat. Yeah. This young woman took enough of it, which was only like two or three times the amount that was recommended, and she ended up cooking her organs and dying. Why did she do it? Because she felt she needed to be skinnier than she was. Was she fat? No, she was not fat. She just had a little bit of a pooch, but she was so caught up in, in the aesthetic and looking like those girls on Instagram and this beauty. I, I respectfully disagree, man. I don't give a shit about beauty. My wife is beautiful. I love her. As long as I am attracted to her, I do not give a shit. That can be important to people. But as a societal mechanism to ensure health, I disagree politely. Yeah. It is an effective yeah. mechanism because it can cause just as much harm as it can good. Yeah. And I mean, look, I've got personal experience. I made a video on this. I had body dysmorphia when I was younger. That's why I started gymming. That's because when I, when I started, I wanted to do bodybuilding for the simple reason that I used to get called fat a lot in school and I wasn't fat at all. Like I had, I had abs and I had a bunch of guys calling me fat. But, but I, I saw... Oh. I, I was I, I I was fourteen and I looked really like I was I was always I did karate from when I was yeah, four years genetics. old and I did and I and I and I and I and I won nationals the first time when I was fourteen so I was in I was in good shape but I had a bunch of guys calling me fat and I started believing it often like a year year and a half of hearing it right and so eventually what happened is is I had this perception that I just was not good enough and I did not look good enough. So I became super obsessed with yeah, with, with, with with having with having to having to having to like gain muscle and lose fat. Like I started tracking my calories at fourteen years old. Like that's how that's how obsessed I was. I was tracking, I was weighing my food, I had a scale, um, I was waking up five four thirty in the morning to gym. Um, I would you know, I, I had a I had a I had, a, I had a weight set. I was like, I was, I was, I was on it from the start. And then what I had to do, funny enough, and this is the contradiction where I, I myself have to acknowledge something. It's like the way I got out of it finally was last year when I decided, cause I was super obsessed. Like I had to be ripped and big and like all this. And last year I was like, you know what? I need to put a stop to this. Cause it's actually hurting me because I can't have conversations with people. Cause I'm always feeling like this. So what I did, and this is super controversial because it's like the Stephanie Buttermore situation. She went all in, right? What I did is I decided I'm going to bulk and I gained 15 kilos because I weighed 75 kilos and then I bulked up to 90 in a year. So I, I went up to 200 pounds and what I essentially did, um, and, and and like, I, I, I didn't actually look bad. I was, I was, I was at my, I was at my pinnacle of strength. I, what I did for that year is I decided, you know what, fuck the bodybuilding because this is hurting me. Because I tried to cut for a bodybuilding competition and guess what? I got below body fat, my hormones dropped and all of a sudden I couldn't get an erection. And like, that's not a fun position to be in. So I was like, this has got to stop. And I mean, it's, it's funny as fuck, but that, that a teenager can't get an erection. But here's, the, problem. here's, yeah. the, here's the point. So I was like, Okay, you know what? I'm going to bulk. Now, I didn't turbo bulk. I was in about a 500-calorie surplus the whole year. I did a mini cut in between, but I stopped thinking about – I didn't do accessories. I didn't do anything for arms or shoulders specifically in a whole year, nothing. 
I focused on getting strong and I stopped looking at myself in the mirror. And by the end of the year, on my 16th birthday, I deadlifted 455 and I squatted 405. And I was on my on my 17th birthday and I was like, fuck it, I'm actually really proud. So then when I looked in the mirror, it was like, I've accomplished something. And regardless of whether I have a, a, a ripped six pack, it doesn't really matter because I've, I've done it doesn't matter to me anymore because I'd accomplished a goal that I'd set up. And now I can cut back down in a healthy way and not be super obsessed with being ripped because it's no longer in my head the whole time. You know, it's like it was a self-obsessed kind of thing. And I think this happens a lot on YouTube fitness and people don't want to admit it. A lot of guys on YouTube fitness actually have body image issues. But anyway, yeah, you wanted to say. I think the vast majority of people who put themselves on camera and are obsessed with um, a certain aesthetic and are trying to inspire other people to agree with them, I think that they typically have body dysmorphia. Yeah. But you struck on what I was trying to say earlier in my response is uh, your value, what you value changed. And I think ultimately what we need to do is value the way that we look less and value the substance of the individual more. Um, and we also need to be valuing health. Yeah. Because if we have worthwhile people that we value, we want those people to be around longer. Yeah. Yeah. We want them to be longer, fuller exactly. lives. So, and, and it's a self-love thing too. And this is what I've always said. It's like, I think self-love is excellent because if you really love yourself, then you will be at a health, you will get yourself to a healthy body weight. Because if you love yourself, you'll want to be sustainable. You'll want to be able to live for as long as possible and be healthy. So, I, I mean, the, there's. I think there's a difference between self-love and just, it, it, there's a difference between love, self-love, you set a goalpost somewhere still, Right. If you just say, except where I am, there's no goalpost, there's just here and now. You're drawing a difference between self-love and self-indulgence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, to some extent, or even even the, 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 the body acceptance thing, it's like, it's like I don't think that's, I think the self-love thing is good. You, you know? Yeah, I think this self-love as a concept is good because that, that'll get you to a healthy position in and of itself, right? It'll be a natural process. You don't even need someone to force you to do it. If you love yourself, you will get yourself to a healthy level, right? And and you can be like you and you can be happy with progress to some extent. You can be like, I have made, I've lost ten pounds. That is amazing. I've done so well. I have more to go, but I can be happy with the progress I've made. And there's a certain acceptance in that. But to just say I'm gonna leave the goalpost out, I'm just gonna stick exactly where I am can be kind of dangerous. Any more thoughts? I, I, I'm sorry, man. I'm, 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 I'm well, talking to you, right? Yeah. Talk. Uh, well, I mean, specifically, specifically, um, on the, on the uh, body image thing, um, I am fully, I, I like, I understand the disagreement, and I am with you. I think what I, what I particularly want to like necessarily say is that I suppose in your scenario, I know you value health, and that will actually inspire people, or at least. I understand how to navigate their way around fat acceptance from the position of health. And when I say a body uh, standard, I don't necessarily specifically mean one thing that everyone has to look like. But sure. I do find it interesting that, let's say, like 100 years ago, if you look at most um, footage of like the streets of London, and even in your cases in the States, I know that there are many you know, physiological reasons and for fast food, but obesity just isn't there. And sometimes what can stop you from going that far is you look at yourself and you have a certain standard of what 
a particular society understands as healthy and beautiful. Mm -hmm. And that might stop you from going a little bit further. But we've become desensitized in a way to morbid obesity. Um, and obviously, the warping, maybe, of um, having loads of plus-size models and loads of models that are extremely underweight, that kind of can skew your perspective if you don't entirely know where to sit. And now you might not go directly to medical advice because it's just society as a whole has this huge range. And that makes it harder for people to maybe navigate their way out of it. Yeah. I, I agree that um, I, I agree with the problems that you're raising. Uh, I do. Um, but if you if a seatbelt, a seatbelt is going to mitigate your risk in the event of a car crash. That's health. Yes, yeah, exactly. If you say everybody has to wear a seatbelt, but you don't show them how, mm. or you don't get them invested in it, you're going to have some dumbass wrap it around their neck. Mm. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing as drinking and driving. Well, you could use the same analogy, essentially. It's like you've got to get people to buy in to some extent. But I agree with you. I think it's about the health. But what I want to, what I want to ask you, because I think we're, we're getting bogged down on this conversation. Um, but what I, want to, what I want to ask you, because you mentioned something earlier. You said people... People take this like pseudo moralistic stance of I've got the superior side of the argument and then they use it to shit on you. So I want to ask you about vegan gains. Um, Because like, I mean, obviously I don't agree with vegan gains on a whole bunch of things, even though I I used to, I I used to enjoy his, his worst of the fitness industry videos. So did I. They were really fun, but I feel like he's kind of, and I mean, look, we can all say um, what he did with his dog is probably not a really good idea. N- not what he did with his grandpa either. Okay. Um, all right. So but... for anybody who's watching this that is not aware, that doesn't sound like that. That isn't what it sounds like. No. <laughs> <laughs> he his dog go vegan, which was a bad idea. Not anything else, wherever yeah. else you may have taken that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. I get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, he, he, he made his, he, he fed his dog a vegan diet, refused to let him eat meat, even though what it's a Russian breed that's bred between a dog and a wolf. It's like that thing needs it. It needs it needs like brachopis in Afrikaans. We say it's like it needs know, it needs like good meat, and it didn't. And, and essentially, this thing, yeah, this thing became malnutrition and nearly died, and then they gave it away. But in the meantime, he was making all these YouTube videos about how, no, it's not the vegan diet. Meantime, his girlfriend actually went and bought meat for the dog because she realized the thing needs meat. Um, and I mean, then there's a story about his grandpa who he wanted to film having a seizure at his family's house. Heart attack. A heart attack, people, heart attack, yeah. Evils of, yeah, he wanted to watch his grandfather uh, possibly pass away in the middle of a heart attack. He did pass away. He did end up passing away. Yeah, so, he yeah. did, and, and he was at the so, funeral, so and he told... Yeah, people understand what we were talking yeah, no, no, about. No, no, okay, but but my question was is I I don't know. I feel like he's kind of one of these pseudo moralistic people who's like I think I have the high ground, so I'm gonna shit on you, and so he kind of does it to a whole bunch of people. And I mean, he's done that outside of the fitness industry too. I don't know if you know Bearing the YouTube channel. This guy makes video. a whole bunch of um, funny content. Wow, no, I can't actually remember the question I was gonna ask you. Maybe I just had. Uh, I don't know. Was talking about shitting on people and shitting on people, yeah. Um, well, I mean, my first thing is I actually want to, I actually want to hear what your stance on the whole veganism thing is because that that I find quite veganism, yeah. What's my on it? So, um, would you do it? Like, find yourself in 
uh, now in the world is that we have a number of industries and microeconomies and economies that, that uh, rely on the production of meat. But at the same time, that has driven us to a point where we are perfectly willing and desensitized to watch other sentient or semi-sentient creatures uh, lose their life in millions, massive millions and millions, a lot of like, a lot of, of blood um, and a, a lot of suffering for animals to feed our convenience. And I think that that is a legitimate thing that, that people with a conscience can look at and go, that's fucked up. That's really bad. That's really hard. So I'm not uh, insensitive to that mm -hmm. idea. Um, I don't accept anything that he has to say about it because he's shown his inhuman side in talking about stomping babies and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, on the subject of veganism, if we could make it work to a point where the net suffering was less, mm -hmm. I don't think it's a bad idea. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got to eat. Um, if we could do it in such a way that 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 didn't have like a, a, a global impact, because I don't buy into the arguments that if we switched right now today and stopped eating all meat, that there wouldn't be drastic impact on people's lives, that there wouldn't be drastic impact on the on the um, uh, the environment. The I, I just don't <laughs> everything. No yeah. uh, things would come to a screeching halt. People would starve. It would be really, really bad. Is it something that we should? Is the meat industry something that I think, from a moralistic point of view, we should move away from our dependence on? Yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I went plant-based probably six, eight months ago. Yeah. Uh, and my Chris Heria video, you yeah. see I'm really puffy. Yeah. That's like right after I started. Chris Heria stealing your gains. Jeez. And that was hydrate content. Yeah. Oh, uh, so we eat very few uh, fish products. We eat very few um, dairy and cheese. Yeah. Um, but that was because I got in, uh, in contact and, and had conversations with somebody else entirely, mm -hmm. uh, a guy named Natural Hulkster. And he was like, hey, here's how it can be done without causing harm to people. And I was like, okay, well, I'll give it a shot. And the, here's, here's the thing. I'm not here to proselytize mm -hmm. fucking veganism for anybody. I'm not. Uh, but what happened to me is the systemic inflammation that I was experiencing on a meat-heavy diet went away and I'm in net less pain. So I decided to adopt it as my diet moving forward. No. Um, even though I approached it on, on a challenge, I was mm. challenged mm. to try it by this guy. And I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna do it. I'm, I'm gonna prove to you that this is not inherently superior. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm waking up every day and I'm in less pain. Fuck, well, I guess I'm plant -based. Yeah, no. Well, I, I mean, there's a couple, so, so, so my, my, my main worry, cause I've always said, look, I think getting away from factory farming is obviously beneficial. Right, whether you want to argue morally, whether you want to argue environmentally. Um, and I think you could make an argument that economically it could be more, uh, more, more, more effective to actually implement free range farming. And I'm for the idea of getting away from factory farming and moving towards free range farming. And vegans obviously always argue, oh, but you don't know how free range it is. I'm like, well, we could control that legislatively, right? There we could, could be over. Exactly. Yeah, don't it down just we, because we could don't want stop any yeah we could stop for example subsidizing farms that 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 that, that mass produce and then end up having to dump goods on the market that's all things we could do my concern is is that moving away from that because we live in a third world country right so i don't know uh, i don't know what your guys's unemployment rate is at the moment i've heard it's at a quite a low but um but 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 what we have in South Africa is we have about what twenty percent of the population is unemployed, and maybe even more, and we have a whole bunch of people who live off government grants, and the 
the, the, the money that they get, what they have to buy is the cheap foods that come from a factory that are hormone-filled. And you could argue that the vegan diet would be cheaper, but it doesn't turn out that way. Not, not necessarily turn out that way, especially for those people, if you consider that in Africa, the staple diet. And I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever had milipop, like maize porridge. Absolutely delicious. The way they make it in Africa, it's like you, you make it like you would do mashed potatoes. And then it turns out being these, 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 like, these like clums, absolutely delicious. And that's, for example, a cheap thing here in terms of, a, in terms of a, something that's not really a grain, but that they eat. But then in terms of meat, in terms of getting a balanced diet, in terms of getting in all the, the nutrients, they can't afford to buy supplements. So what do they have to do? They have to eat meat, and then they're reliant to some extent on factory on factory farmed meat. And I don't know how the hell we're supposed to get away from that, because if we just say you're not allowed to eat meat anymore, there's a whole bunch of people who are going to end up starving. Yeah, and that's, that, that's where I think the moralistic stance of most vegans is absolute fucking bullshit or complete ignorance, mm -hmm. because they don't realize that switching immediately over, yeah. just yeah. stopping this, would kill people. It would kill tens of thousands yeah. of people across the world. It's probably because they live in a first world country, so they don't exactly understand. <laughs> and they never have to worry about it. Like, yeah. Yeah. am I for stepping away from unnecessary suffering? Yes, I am. From a moralistic standpoint, I absolutely understand that and agree with it. And I can take personal actions from my place of economic privilege in order to personally uh, have less impact in that area. But I refuse to enforce that choice on other people yeah. who are do not experience the same level of financial independence that I do, yeah. or who do not have the resources that I do, who would suffer, whose health would ultimately suffer, or livelihood would immediately suffer if they happen to be in those industries and suddenly found their jobs no longer there. Mm. Do I think that, that millions and millions and millions of animals suffering every day for my convenience so I can go pick up a chicken sandwich from a fast food restaurant is wrong? Yes, I do. Do I think that people are more important than animals? Yes, the fuck I do. People are more important than animals. So let's gradually make more intelligent choices yeah. and mitigate the suffering for, in my opinion, the more important sentient creature, people. Damn, yeah. I mean, our last video was a bit of a vegan roast. And Tarquin, Tarquin you mentioned the thing about, about the MMA fight, what, Conor McGregor versus Khabib. Um, no, no, no. It was kind of versus. I found I found that the uh, the documentary, uh, that famous one. Forgive me, I forget the name. The game famous vegan documentary. Someone game changes. Game changes is a big Netflix documentary. Oh, what a bunch of propaganda bullshit! thing about the entire thing. But like, look, what I also just wanted to ask you, and about your economic point, is that do you not sometimes wonder if it's in a way, it's actually a little bit less of a vegan versus meat eater, and in some other ways, it's more of a local versus mass-produced, because, like, I stay on a small farm in the Western Cape in South Africa, and I can say without a doubt that I, to protect some of the crops here, have to go and, you know, I occasionally help a farmer by shooting some guinea fowl, and it's a game yep. bird, and I eat the bird because it decimates the crops here. And I, I eat every bit of it, and I, you know, so I can I can shoot it with minimal shame. And I know that in the United States there is a hunting culture there, so I'm sure you understand whether you yeah. grew up in a family that hunted or not. Um, so you know, I think it's, there's an aspect of it that is more of an issue of mass-produced versus local, considering not every 
society can be local for sure. There are many highly industrialized places, specifically in places like the United States, where not everyone can grow their own veggies and raise their own animals, but it would be moving in the right direction. The closest farm to New York City is like a four-hour drive away. God. Right? So, yeah, there's, yeah. There's, no, <laughs> there's absolutely no way that you're going to be able to do local for everything. Yeah. You're going to have industry. You are. And, it, and it's going to be, like with anything else, it's going to be about balance. Mm -hmm. Well, I think there might actually be a case there for some level of de-urbanization, getting people to move back into agriculture, you know, be, and I, th that could be an argument to create more employment if you move, if you make it more of a local thing in terms of, in terms of moving to say free range farming instead of factory farming, and you could create employment that way if they subsidize it correctly, for example, because I didn't, I and from one to the other exactly exactly and a graduate i mean the funniest thing i find sometimes with these people is i did economics in school because in south africa we have public schools which are quite terrible so i did cambridge um and Tarquin also does cambridge but i did economics and like the, the first thing i realized is that governments tend to make a lot of really stupid choices economically that are like basic and some people tend to make the same argument where they're like, we have to do all this immediately. It's like, you can't. You're going to absolutely kill everything. You need to have this gradual kind of a change. And that's probably the best way to go. Um, but, but, yeah, but but the Game Changers documentary. So they had a thing in there, like Torquin said, about the, this MMA fight. I think you want to, I, I want you to just tell them what, I don't remember who it was, Torquin. It was, uh, they, they, they were just, it was a, worst like horrible strawman argument they were saying that nate diaz they were doing a comparison that conor mcgregor was eating steak every day and that nate diaz is on the plant-based diet and that contributes to the ass whipping and it had absolutely nothing to do with that it, it had to do with nate diaz's skill set and conor beat him in the rematch so it's yep. uh it's, it's absolute misdirection and yeah. and um and i think that frustrates me as i'm sure it frustrates you as a very it, moderate it rational person. it's very disingenuous that whole thing was uh, I, I found it funny um, they're like, oh yeah, you know, Nate Diaz, he went, he's plant-based and he beat Conor McGregor, but they're failing to mention that every single person, every person who has whooped Nate Diaz's ass eats meat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> every one of them. Exactly. Uh, so yeah. it's look, Kendrick, uh, the, the power, the, excuse, the Olympic weightlifter, he's a very yeah. strong guy. Mm -hmm. I'm really happy mm -hmm. that he's found a diet that works for him. Yeah. The strong man, they quote, doesn't actually hold any world yeah, records. Yeah, I was and about is... to say, like, that's the, that was the, like, because I'm into strong man, and I watch World's Strongest Man all the fucking time, and I've watched every yeah. single rerun, and I'm like, I've never seen that motherfucker in any show. It's like, so what are you like, talking about? I, I don't mean that, I don't mean that as a, as, as an insult, but he competes yeah. in lightweight. You've never heard of Sean Demarius either, even though he's one of the yeah. winningest lightweights um, in, in yeah. my nation's history. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they don't. They don't talk about people who will. I'll tell you who I do. I don't know. Do you know Uncle Nick though? Uncle Nick from Never Say with Brian Olsrud. You know they they have. Their I do. Name? Uncle yep. Nick, what he's the he's the he's the two hundred pound two hundred pound what national champion, and well, or he, or he was. I don't know if he still is. I mean, those guys are absolutely insane. Especially when you look at their body weight, the type of weights that they get up is absolutely incredible. The only reason you know who he is is because you follow a channel that is associated with him. So these guys, like, you wouldn't have necessarily seen that Wolverine-looking motherfucker um, from the Game Changers. Uh, no. But the fact of the matter is, is that that weight that he was yoking is not a world record. It is no. not the most human being no. has ever on their shoulders.
the claims that they made were just mm -hmm. bullshit. Mm -hmm. I think that that documentary did more harm than good uh, for people adopting a plant-based diet because it was so easily debunked and disproved. Mm, yeah. I mean, you guys are... And it also comes to an issue when it comes along on Netflix that is something that is like, you know, you have this legitimate platform and you can pump loads of money into a documentary and you can sugarcoat the shit any which way you like. And as long as you're aesthetically you reasonable, it, makes, it, it elevates your argument, you know? <laughs> Yeah, no. I knew that they meant business when they were like, "Oh, you'll get better hard-ons too." I'm like, "Oh shit!" They went, oh, yeah, no, I, I still don't get that. Are you measuring the erection sizes too? Like, do they take like inches? Do they like check? It's like, why don't they do that as a study? That'll get people on a plant-based diet. It increases it increases your dick size by two inches when you're on a plant-based diet. All the guys are gonna be like, "Fuck it, I'm out. I don't need a pull anymore. <laughs> I'm gonna be all good." I will tell you this, since I started supplementing beetroot, my circulation has never been better. Uh, but your bench press didn't go up by, uh, what, 16%, like the documentary said, 12%. What was it? Let's see. It went from 385 to 405, so it went up about 5%. So, so okay, but but that wasn't the progressive overload. It was the beet juice. No, like, yeah, I didn't change anything no, nothing, else. Nothing. Programming, you know, I stopped working out altogether. It was yeah. just the beat. It was just yeah. be the beach is just magically yeah. made you stronger. <laughs> that that was the reddish hue what, what that I, I had on my skin. <laughs> but I did really ask about also like eating eating meat. Um, and and Ruben and I had a very interesting discussion. I want to actually know your point on a lot of nutrition studies because. I've dabbled in and out with a lot of the mediating argument and something which I always know that skews it is a lot of the ways that people eat meat is unbelievably processed. Like, I don't know exactly the, the, the statistics that I would have on hand, but you could compare a vegan to a average meat eater. And the thing is, is that a vegan, because he is on some kind of a dedicated diet, is going to by and large not be eating nearly as much processed foods uh, and nearly as much, you know, high fried meats and things like that that are automatically going to put them at an advantage. But it could be someone on maybe even like a paleo diet or a completely different diet. They just eat cleaner than the average person, which made me wonder, like, particularly as someone who's very rational and open, what is your stance to like looking at nutrition studies? I mean, I know that you did this thing as a, as a bit of a, as a bit of a dare to see how it works for your body. But um, they can be so unbelievably skewed. It's also very difficult to read that kind of so, data. Yeah, I think I think that what you should do with any study is read it and try and disprove it or find a reason not to believe it, mm -hmm. and then find out if that reason holds weight. Um, th th one of the reasons that research studies have to be repeatable is to prove that they're true. Yeah. You can't just take one study and say, "All right, this works." Uh, that that is a serious flaw in your thinking. It has to be repeatable, and it has to be you have to be able to identify the mechanism that, through which it's working. Otherwise, it's just a fucking idea. It's a hypothesis. Yeah. So with those with those studies on both sides, what I have found is an incredible amount of bias. Mm. If you take somebody yeah. who is a farmer, and you take somebody who is an accountant, and you say farming is inherently healthier than being an accountant and then you measure their body fat percentage in the whole nine yards, well, that should be obvious that the person who is active in their daily life uh, has lower HD, lower LDL, higher HDL, has uh, better body composition in the whole nine yards than the guy who sits there for 16 hours a day. That should be fucking obvious. That's not a study. That's, that's, that's yeah. dumb. Yeah. Um, yeah. So taking people who've made a conscious choice to have a specific 
relationship with food, they're naturally, as you said, they're going to have, they're going to, once you are observing something, yeah. it changes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when I, when I take a client on and I say, okay, we're just going to track your food. I don't want you to change anything. I just want you to track your food. I want to see what your daily intake looks like. They make different choices. Oh yeah. Because Instantly. You're accountable though. That's the thing is you're held accountable. But the second you're held accountable for something, you all of a sudden like put this importance to it. It's like yeah. all of a sudden I, I, need to find I cannot tell you how many times uh, I've received the immediate feedback. This is lower than I normally eat, but I was going to eat those ding <laughs> I was going to eat that Twinkie. I was going to eat a piece of cheesecake and I didn't want to log it. And I was yeah. like, okay, well, we're already changing your well, behavior. Yeah, we're already doing better. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. the interesting thing is because I've always like, and this is probably one of the few things that I'm relatively, I, I wouldn't say radical on, but I don't, I don't really, um, when it comes to nutrition studies, I have a lot and a lot of distrust in them. Not because of like the vegans would argue it's fucking big, big food that is um, big nutrition. Exactly. Yeah. Big nutrition. Because of the simple reason that a nutritional study is probably the most difficult study you can try to run because there are so many uncontrollable vari variables. And so when vegan gains is fighting for a study and he says, no, yeah. the study says they accounted for differences in calories and difference in macronutrient intake. It's like, how does the, he says, he says they adjusted for it. So they did it post the, 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 the that's study. It's like, how the fuck, what, what change did they make then? What, you know, yeah. how, what number did they pull out of their ass? And I'm not saying this as an insult to scientists. I'm saying that's unreliable in the sense that you couldn't control for something. And then you had to guess how much it, 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 it impacted the study instead of, so that's what that's where people need to know the difference between an observational study and a controlled study. Mm. There are precious few controlled studies mm. in regard to nutrition because it is extremely difficult to get people to do do everything the same exactly as instructed in the whole nine yards. So you have to look at the greater trends. And account for biology, you know. <laughs> the fact that that's why studies take thirty fucking years. Yeah. Over thirty years, we have just we have discovered that there is a twelve percent increased risk of heart disease if you slap lard on your face and swallow a handful of everything. <laughs> Like, cool. I think we kind of all knew that, but that's that's one of the limitations of observed studies, and that's why so few of them are definitive in any way. So, the repeatable nature, the repeatable requirement of studies, in addition with being able to dissect specifically how they accounted for things, is crucially important. But you know what the biggest flaw, the biggest drawback of all of that is? Mm -hmm. People are lazy. They want to parse that out themselves. They want someone to do it for them. Yeah. And that's why what Vegan Gaines does is so appealing. By him saying the sentence, they accounted for it, they're giving themselves permission not to think about it anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, that's accounted for. They don't care how. Doesn't they just matter. want to confirm their current belief. Yeah. Okay. That's cool, man. And confirmation bias. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I mean, that also came about, I mean, in your case, like with your strength gains, and the other thing is that, I mean, there seems to be at least in terms of getting stronger, like nutrition is, is an absolute shit show. I, I don't really know where to start on that. I just try to eat a reasonably balanced diet, and I agree with you. I mean, less harm that I can do, the better. So every now and then, if I can tons a little bit of the meat that I eat, I might do that. But when it comes to also reading studies on strength gains, do you have 
a particular mindset that you go into when you're when you're reading something to that might influence the way that you train, considering it's something that you're not going to personally do? Do you do you have like certain things that you might look out for in any kind of confirmation bias when you read a study? Because it's it's hard for a lot of us that are certainly yeah. new to the scene. But also, everywhere you go, there's going to be a slight bias in what you're looking at. And especially when you don't know the subject, you can't really decipher. So there's some mental, ex mental exercises that I go through because I, uh, in other aspects of my life in the Marine Corps, have encountered situations where my bias actually limited me or harmed what I was trying to do. So um, I have come to the active and intentional process of when I read the title of a study, I say, what do I want this to say? And I admit to myself whatever I want it to say before I even read it. And then by virtue of the fact that I've just observed it, like we were talking about a moment ago, I'm able to, as I'm going through and I find a piece of information that I like or particularly resonates with me, I'm able to check that and go, okay, that might mean what I think it does. Let's look at the supporting information instead of just accepting that it's true. If I didn't prepare myself for that, as I'm going through, I would go, oh shit. And I would just be happy that there was information that I liked reading. Like if I found out that three rep sets with uh, 95 to 97% of your one rep max was the best for hypertrophy, muscle endurance, metabolic conditioning, and everything else, I would be so fucking happy because I would only ever do three set, uh, <laughs> sets for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. I love triples. Triples are amazing. But that's not how it works, mm -hmm. right? So if I were to read a study that started by saying, uh, efficacy of greater efficacy of uh, three rep sets over other rep modalities. I would go, what do I want this to say? I want it to say that it's effective across the board. So I would check myself every time I, I would, I come in contact with that. And I did the same thing with, perhaps I'll give you the segue with Jeff Cavalier. Yeah. What I acknowledge yeah. people were calling him out for fake weights. What do I want the truth to be? I want the truth to be that he didn't use fake weights and that he's capable of all those lifts. Now, do I have yeah. reasons to believe that that's true? And then I checked myself and I came out with what you guys saw in my video, which mm -hmm. was, it's possible. There's evidence that, that, that can suggest it. Now, are the arguments as presented compelling? I did not find them so. And I pointed out why. And that's why I feel that yes. everything everybody has shared to this point is just their opinion. Yeah. Yes. And because I, of the, yeah, I, sorry, I agree, topic I think a lot of the arguments about it being fake weight itself, it's like, I understand at the end of the day, speed and bar path and some people saying that the plates themselves look dodgy. I mean, I got slightly offended as a South African when I saw some of the Americans coming, what the fuck is a 44-pound plate? And I said with pride, that is a 20-kilogram plate, so yeah, those yeah. are a very real thing. <laughs> so, but apart from, I mean, certainly apart from that, the one thing which I definitely want to ask is that Going on the assumption, I'd love to hear your opinion on this, going on the assumption that he did use fake weights, for me, which is, I mean, it's, it's hard because I, I struggle to imagine Jeff's character having any reason to use fake weights apart from what Ruben suggested, which is maybe in the tedious attempt of having to film everything in one day, it would be easier if he slapped on some fake weights and maybe for a certain shot used them the way that he did. Yeah. If they were fake, what reasoning do you think would go behind Jeff? actually doing that like is there anything non-narcissistic that would come out as the answer um i i think that what other folks have touched on in the nature of filming and having experienced this myself in the very few instances i got one video that i've left up uh, because the first ones were just boring as hell um where i talk yeah. about 
uh, a better way to do a decline bench press if you haven't got access to a decline yeah, bench press. Yeah, the one where, 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 who were, were they fucking, um, Bradley Martin and Larry Wheels yeah, Brad, were doing the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, what you guys saw hmm. was probably the fifth take of me trying to talk through that. <laughs> then I gave up on talking and decided to talk over it. Yeah. So the first four times I blew through 405. I destroyed it from that position on the, on the ground, but that last one was a real struggle. And I think, well, shit, if I needed fake plates, if I had fake plates, would I have used them knowing that I can do it? Because I don't think the ideas are mutually exclusive. Can he do it if he have fake plates? I don't think those are mutually exclusive. Yeah. Am I, I'm not making excuses. No. I think it's a shitty move. Yeah. I don't mind saying as a guy defend defended Jeff Cavalier in the past that I don't think it is the right move. James Linker doesn't think it was the right move. Um, a lot of folks don't think that matters. If you're the kind of guy who has the kind of resources that he does, I, I imagine he has a lot of time. Take multiple takes. Yeah. Because people are relying on your integrity. Yeah. And any looks like here's the thing it's like talking to a girl if i'm in public and i'm talking to a girl and i'm laughing at all of her jokes and she's dressed real nice and she looks real good and i've got that happy expression that flirty expression on my face my wife coming up to me and having a problem with that has nothing to do about whether or not i was trying to be unfaithful because it looked that way and she has every right to be mad yeah and i think yeah. i think that that's the way a lot of people are, are internalizing it interpreting it um He's not fucking Anakin Skywalker going over the damn dark side. Yeah. And we're no. and we're not fucking Ewan McGregor going, you were the chosen one, no matter what you want. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, like, it's I, a I, crazy I feel, move when you have 10 million subscribers. Eh? Yeah. If, I couldn't if he did actually, if he did go about the fake weights, it's, uh, it's uh, considering people have such faith in you already and they, and they, uh, they put you on this pedestal, it seems yeah. almost inconceivable that you would put yourself in front of that audience where you know that there are people who are going to be educated enough to criticize you mm -hmm. as, as I, I they think, have as of now. I think when the videos that are in question were taken, there wasn't the kind of scrutiny that's out there today. Yeah. I don't think anybody, Jeff, whoever, who was thinking about using fake weights would do it the same way unless they were a mouth-breathing wall toucher like Brad Castleberry, who thinks they're way smarter than they are. <laughs> well, I think Brad Castleberry paved the way for people to not use it, to be quite honest with you, because it's become because kind of a... It, yeah. But there is there is no way that that man sat down and thought, I'm probably going to get caught. He probably thinks he's just... <laughs> yeah, to, to be honest with you, I mean, I watched a, a few of his other interviews where he talks about how you tear muscles. I don't know if you saw that. I did. On he's, like, he's like, you guys, you don't you don't tear the muscle up here, right? You, you, you tear the muscle up here. It's just when you, yeah. just when you extend your arm. Like, just, okay, just, so, so, yeah. So when I cheat call, I only do the non-breaking portion of the movement. He is so fucking dumb. But, you know, that's not the guy we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. The freaking pedophile is not the guy that we're talking about. Not not um, Castleberry, uh, Atwell. The, the, the guy getting his yeah. students and his, his trainees to... No, uh -huh. we're not talking about that. Jeff's the devil. Do you think so, Elliot yeah. is, a, is, a, is a pedophile? I, I haven't looked into this, to be quite honest with you. He's charges are levied against him. Is there it? is enough. Oof. There, there is proof to demonstrate that he was trying to get minors to, uh, to tape each other and has successfully done so. That is a oh, sex crime that makes him a pedophile. And I, hope I, I've never heard of this. To be quite honest with you, I don't. I, 
I, I just knew he disappeared off YouTube all of a sudden. So I'm like, I'm, I'm actually quite concerned. This is getting fucked up. He was getting his minor trainees to mm. film himself having sex with their girlfriends. And then he was using that, yeah. that footage. For whatever up. purposes he intended. Fuck, that's fucked up on so many different levels. Yeah, but, yeah, but we're not talking about that. And that yeah. makes me so... Yeah, of course, because that's an actual problem. The problem is, it's not, it's not, it's not like clickbaity enough. But, 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 yeah, fuck, you know, maybe it makes people they don't want to talk about it. Say again. And most people know who Atwell is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Almost everybody knows who Jeff Cavalier is. Yeah. Then again, I mean, yeah. Elliot hasn't been on YouTube in a while, and it might be because of that. But people are like, well, now it's not relevant any, anymore. Now, you know? so. I was bringing that up as an example of things that we can be legitimately angry about. Yeah, I don't want to distract the conversation. No, no, so no. You, you were getting at it's you cool. know, why, would yeah. someone, why would someone do that? Do I think that there is a reason that someone would do that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it a choice I would make? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in Jeff's case, it's also hard because I know he's been on YouTube for such a long time. The other thing is that just from a marketing strategy, and this doesn't make it justifiable, but... Uh, certainly, um, there's a little bit of like a strength revolution, what is considered mainstream. I'm sure when he entered the scene on YouTube, you know, the, 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 the complete standard modality of getting, uh, getting stronger is like the main goal on our fitness industry and being 100% scientific. Probably, I don't know, I wasn't around back then, but it would appear that the content of his videos has had to change to certainly yeah. the audience and keep his and having big lifts is going to be what is relevant today for a younger audience. For people like me that haven't been in here for a long time finding this video, I'm going to, the first thing I'm going to be wondering to criticize Jeff Cavalier is, okay, well, how much does he lift? You know, I'm, I'm saying guys in my generation, I'm not saying me in particular, you know? It's not just your generation, dude. Uh, pe- people talk to me that way. Uh, I, I don't look like I lift, quote, unquote. Um, I am a weak-ass bitch, quote, unquote. Um, I don't know if that's bench 405, but you know, I fuck it. Enough. Assholes. Yeah. And, and they probably don't know that I'm, I'm six foot three and 260 pounds. Is, they, is they, that how much we to weigh? Cause we were going to fucking ask you, my guy. Gosh, 260. Yeah. Fucking hell. I, there, you're never going to be big enough. You're never going to be fast enough. Yeah. You're never going to be smart enough. Look at Alec and Kiri. Yeah. What he is capable of doing I don't think we need to question just because he's only 165 pounds. Mm-hmm. I believe because he did he did it on a, a powerlifting platform. I do believe uh, that he can squat over 500 pounds. I think it's like five. Jeez, I, I can't it's remember five, the exact. I'm pretty number. sure it's 525 that he did on the platform. But fucking hell, that is crazy for a guy who weighed 148 on the day with the meet. Also runs like a 4340 yard dash yeah, if if we take. Um, also deadlifts 525 or something like that for, uh, at that same weight. So we, we take a look at that and he went seven years, barely breaking 15,000, uh, subscribers. Yeah. I can understand where his frustration comes mm-hmm. from because he's accomplished what so many people are trying to do as far as relative strength. Yeah. And he wasn't getting the kind of attention that, yeah. that, yeah. that he wants. Yeah. Uh, so I can see why he made his first video. Mm-hmm. The one thing I will, oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Well, I, I'm just saying hmm. it's not just strength. You can't yeah, just yeah. have strength. Oh, yeah. You have to do the sensational yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. 
and you have to be, or you have to be like a marketing whiz. I think Jeff is a marketing whiz. The other thing is people are sleeping on how strong he actually is. Yeah, 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 exactly. I was going to get to that now. It's like, I, I talk, talk when I, I, I'm, to be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if Jeff has a 315 bench and a 500 deadlift. I think his squat is out of the three lifts would probably be the worst because I've seen him squat over time and he yes. has talked about the fact that he has knee problems. So I wouldn't be surprised, but that's not the end of the world. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if he could hit the numbers. Um, and, and I firmly believe that he can. I've spent time in, not in the Xbox, not in his gym, but when we went out to Athlean X Live, um, we, we did it in a CrossFit. We did the demonstration portion, uh, uh, CrossFit gym, and the guy can move weight. It's like I felt his, the, the man has an incredibly strong uh, grip. His arms are as big as mine. I've got 18 inch arms and I don't even train them, but his at like four inches shorter than me. Yeah, and he is, guys, he actually is 5'10. I've been in his fucking presence. It's it? not a damn. Okay, stuff. okay. Yeah. Then, then I, okay, cool. Cause I, okay, yeah. Cause I, I always thought he was absolutely, he must be absolutely huge. Well, no, I, th I thought he must be like a, like a, one of the dwarfs if he's like five foot five. Cause everyone's like, oh, Jeff's actually five foot five. He's not five ten. You know, it's that is such fucking yeah. nonsense. Yeah. Um, he's got an incredibly strong grip. Uh, he's got great core strength. Um, his pull up strength I, is insane as well. I mean, have you seen him doing, doing pull ups? I wouldn't be surprised if he can deadlift 500. He has pull ups with what, two plates attached for reps? It's insane. So the, oh, now we have to question if they're all fake. Uh, but what I have seen him do with my own eyes is take a 90 pound weight in each hand and do Bulgarian split squats for sets of like 10 with ease. Jeez. And that is something that does transfer very well into your deadlift strength. That's one of the things that I used in AX1 that made my deadlift uh, shoot right up. So there, there's reason enough what I was getting at is there's reason enough for me to believe that he is capable of these lifts. Yeah. That does not mean he wasn't using fake plates in the videos. Yeah. Though. True. And no rational yeah. persons think that it does. So you either have a problem with the fake weights or you don't, mm -hmm. it makes me uncomfortable. And I'm, I'm flat out about that. And, and people are like, Oh, you're on Jeff's dick. I don't care what people. Yeah. I flat out told yeah. Pearl, Pearly next contacted me when he made his first video that was inflammatory. He's like, I, I, I'm still ready for your response. And I was like, I've taken a look at your stuff, my dude, and this is just a gimmick. I don't, I don't believe you have any real criticism. So say whatever you want about me. I told him, say whatever you want about me, and he has. Yeah. They, they want you to desperately believe. They need you to in order to undermine my counter arguments. Mm. They need you to believe that I will defend anything that anybody does, yeah. that, that, I, that I will defend anything that Jeff does specifically because he's paying me or because I'm a fanboy or any of the rest of it. When I take a look at the man's work and the body of work is way more good mm. than the few problematic things that he's shared. Yeah. And it's less problematic than some of the people these same guys support, mm. like Jason Blaha. Yeah, exactly. You want to talk about fraud? You want to talk about not being able to trust? You support somebody who pretended to be a veteran. Exactly, yeah other veterans yeah. and you expect me to take your opinion seriously when you've been caught lying look i watched jason's i used to watch jason's videos because i actually thought in terms of getting strong he was pretty good at it like he was strong for an older guy but then when i found out that i got pissed off just because obviously my dad was in the military and i'd be absolutely fucked off if a guy was running his mouth about shit like that you know it's like so i, I I think he has mental issues, and so I try not to rag on him anymore. Yeah, exactly. One, it's uh, like it's uh, like 
It's like, honestly, if he wanted to come on the podcast, I'd have him on and hear what he has to say in terms of training and whatnot. Not that he ever would. He'd probably, he'd probably, he'd tell me, he'd tell me that I need to pay him a hundred thousand dollars to make it worth it for him. And sure that there's no negative comments whatsoever. And and, and he's going to want me to say that if, that if, that if anyone criticizes him on YouTube, that he can legally, that they can go to their house and shoot them. That's going to be the, that's going to be the requirement. Exactly. Yeah. But 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 what is my like? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. My my point is, my point is those guys would uh, made up some bullshit, and I and I addressed the points. I made fun of them, but I also addressed yeah. the flaws in their arguments. Um, but a guy like Jeremy Freudenbaum, I actually don't know how to say his name. It's uh, from Barbell Medicine. Hmm. Said oh, yeah. Jeff Cavalier's content is reductive. I do not think it's effective. I think he hyper focuses, um, and I do not think that he's a good strength coach. Where's my video? Hmm. Where's my video calling him out? Yeah, but he's qualified. I know him. I watch his yeah. videos too. He's a what? He's an MD as well. He's got a he's yeah. got a PhD. Educated person exactly. who gave his opinion that was not flattering. Where yeah. was I? Was was I off bodyguard duty yeah. that day? Yeah. Or is it possible yeah. that he had educated and in at least as far as from his point of view, valid criticism of someone else, and that's not a problem. And he's not hopping on the man's career either. It's like my my problem uh-huh. with what these guys have done. Is that I, I watched a lot of the videos from the Athlete X, what's at the Athlete X Expo, I don't know what it's called, I can't remember what it's called. Where he where he's working with people who've had disabilities. It's like what's that video with I think it was on Alan Roberts' channel with the kid who had what did he have? Eric, yeah, who, who Eric the, Palmer. I yeah, know him. Exactly. That whole video where he's next to the guy and he's supporting him. Yeah. He's like, what come on and you know, that's like that type of shit take it takes someone really special who has that amount of fame to actually go to the individual and be like, you know what, I'm going to support you and help you through something like that. And I think that the issue, what, what's happening is because that speaks to a person who is very, who is very honest and open and compassionate in a way. And I, I've always seen Jeff, uh, yeah, Jeff in that way from the videos that he used to make on, on how, why you're not losing, why you're not, why you don't have a six pack. He was very open. He was like, look, this is the fucking problem. This is something you need to change. And you spoke very passionately about it. And my issue with what these guys are doing is they're not stopping at, look, he, maybe he maybe he used fake weights. They, they're going, maybe he used fake weights. Therefore, he must be a terrible person. Therefore, we need to cancel him. Meantime, the reason they're doing it is to get views, which is fine. We made a video on it to get views and gave it a clickbaity title. It's like... My, 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 my thing is like, let's think about it this way. Everyone in their life has made mistakes. I've made mistakes. You've made mistakes. There's probably plenty of shit that you regret you've done. That doesn't mean you're a terrible human being. You know, which one of it, which one of you is it that asked me about the deadlift? Because I thought that was an interesting point. The deadlift and, uh, on Instagram, one of you guys asked me about, uh, the deadlift. Why I that didn't? Would have, that, that would have been. Oh, wait, was it was it me? Wait, 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 what did I ask you again? I can't remember. I'm sorry. Man. So I I addressed some arguments in. Mm-hmm. I watched your video. Actually, that's what it was. I was watching your video, um, on the on it, and you guys mentioned me, and you said something about I wish that, you know, he didn't address the uh, the deadlift in in the counter argument. Um, uh, one of you. Yeah, that that would have been that would have been me. I referred to. I think I referred to when you were talking about how I found your pin press argument quite convincing and I also just found you in general convincing because I wanted to find out about the weight issue and you seemed like the only person that 
actually started off the video by saying, here's my bias. And then you, you know, and then and you went away from there. So I, I am biased. I had to, um, there was a couple of takes. Uh, because my first pass through when I reviewed everything, because I found any flaws at all, I was like, this is all bullshit. And, and I got geared up to go, this is all bullshit. And then I watched it again, and I watched it again, and I watched it again, and I'm like, as much as I know that he is coming from a biased point of view, this is at least a valid point. Mm -hmm. and so because I'm catching a lot of flack for it, I'll, I'll, I'll answer here, because you brought it up, I'll, I'll answer here why I didn't say anything about the deadlift. It comes down to someone's opinion of whether or not he can lift 500 pounds. Right. The plates are present, fact, okay? Are those plates fake? Still opinion. We, we don't know for sure, but those plates are present for it. Is it unlikely that a person that who, who is 175 pounds can deadlift without a belt, without proper brace, what, what appeared to be a proper brace to me anyway, and without significant bend in the bar, 500 pounds for two reps or 495. It's pretty fucking unlikely. It is pretty fucking unlikely. So I thought to myself, I'm not going to argue this point because I can see how somebody got there and that's reasonable. Mm -hmm. Now, watching my bar, when I was pulling, I pulled 430 because it's all the weight that I have at home. Uh, I pulled 434, eight reps the day before yesterday. Mm -hmm. My bar doesn't bend. Mm -hmm. So, okay, all right, there's some room for wonder. Does the bar that he's using is it particularly stiff? Um, there yeah. is actually slack coming out of it. If you watch it, mm. if you watch the bar, there is slack coming out of yeah. it. It doesn't jerk. Can you do it without a belt? Well, I don't have the same core strength that he does, maybe. Yeah. No, if I can pull 500 for one without a belt. I just found out that I could pull 430 for eight without a belt. I just found that yeah, out. So geez. is it possible? Yeah. But it's the least likely mm. defensible point. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I I pulled my de my my I, I I pulled full what was it four sixty five without a belt, and that's my best. And like because I didn't have a belt the whole of last year when I was doing powerlifting, I didn't have a belt, so I hit all my PRs without ever wearing a belt. And and what I what I will say is like, look, I've used for example, I've de before I knew about different kinds of bars, I deadlifted with a stiff squat bar. Yeah, that shit doesn't bend. Like, no. I'm sorry, you can load up four or five plates. That thing barely wiggles. It's like it has a slight dip and that's all. Like, oh, that's, what it's, that's what it's meant to do. It's meant to be a stiff bar. It barely – and then I've also deadlifted with, with, with axles. And, I mean, look, an axle is about as stiff as anything you can possibly get. Like, that thing gives you no slack. But when you deadlift with a stiff bar, it doesn't have slack. So I don't see how just having slack – is it, it not not having slack is a convincing argument you know it's like now what i should have done was say this is why i think it's just a matter of opinion yeah so i'm not comment on it that's what i should have done yeah. but i simply didn't address it at all yeah which then and, Colleen x went yeah but he's not addressing it because he's riding jeff's dick and it's like he doesn't want to say anything bad about jeff that's what Colleen essentially responded and he gets to do that he gets to do yeah, that it's fine it's freedom of speech it's like fucking <laughs> he's going to do everything in the worst possible light. So I don't worry. It's not about convincing Curl. There is no convincing Curl. He made up his mind. Yeah. It's not even about convincing his fans who come and try and troll, troll my community and my channel. Mm -hmm. They've already made up their minds. And it's not about convincing the people who are huge fans of Jeff who've already made up their minds. Yeah. It's about speaking to the people who are like, I don't know if this is a person that I can go to and trust yeah. their information. Go, okay, like, hey, guys, I know this is what they're saying, but this is why it's not definitive fact. 
just because other very popular YouTube channels, people that I've spoken to and have personal relationships with, uh, accepted this as evidence without thinking about it. Yeah. They should have because there was a lot of flaws in the yeah. logic. Yeah. Look, like I, I said, yeah, sorry, we yeah. don't need any more evidence than they look just like fake plates yeah. to be talking about. We didn't need to make a bunch of bullshit about what he's capable of lifting. Yeah, exactly. And look, it's like, Colleen, it's like, if he sees his video, if he wants to come on the podcast and talk about it, it's like, I'm perfectly happy. I'll have anyone fucking on here. I'll have Jim Stepani on here and he can tell me yeah. that he's 4% body fat. Like, I don't give two shits. The thing so, is, though, Colleen, I, I think the issue, sorry, sorry, I just quickly want to say, I think the issue with Colleen is, and it's not an issue with him, I think it's just in his last video he said, He's not willing to talk to people who aren't willing to have their minds changed. It's like, bro, I am perfectly willing to have my mind changed if you give me good reasons. It's like, I do, I study law and philosophy. It's like, I can figure out what a good fucking reason is. I think I'm qualified for it. Who is he saying that about? Hmm? Who did he say he's not willing to talk to people? Oh, he's not. Yeah, he said he's not, he's not willing. Sorry, I'm I'm paraphrasing now. He said it at the end of his last Mm. video. He said something along the lines of, I'm not willing to respond or talk to people who aren't willing to change their minds. So, and I think that's probably in reference to like you and Alan Roberts and, you know, the, the people who jumped out. He used to reach out to me all the time. He used to try, uh, now he just Instagram posts. Um, And it's funny because I was very, uh, I've always liked the kid and I've always said that. I like the kid. He's just succumbing to the same bullshit that, that Alec did. And he's basically just parroting the things that Alec used to say um, and providing, whether intentionally or unintentionally, I'm not going to assume, a buffer for Alec to pretend he's being reasonable. Uh, so like, if you look at the deadlift challenge, Alec's like, this is not a call out video. Shut the fuck up. It was a call out video. Don't be a punk bitch. Just own it. Um, well, plus, but- let's be honest. If Athlete X has a deadlift competition with him, his subscribers goes up. And that's not a roast to Alec. It's just a simple fact. It's like, I, I, I will tell yeah. you what is roast to Alec. He, he talked so much uh, about it not being about, uh, you know, his reach and views and subscribers. But as soon as I passed him, he hit his subscriber count. He started hiding comments. Is I, I don't think that your subscriber count should dictate the validity of your opinion. But I think it's interesting that it is both important and unimportant to him at the same time. Yeah. And, 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 and look, look, just like a subscriber count doesn't validate your opinion, I think I think I'm reasonable. I think Turkey's relatively reasonable and we have what ten subscribers, like fuck it. It's like I think we have it in the same way, having a degree doesn't necessarily make you an no, expert. And, and this is why it is fine if people make YouTube videos who are not you know, don't have a master's degrees on why they think Jeff Cavalier might be wrong. It's like it just right. depends on how you do it. It's the it's the framing. And it's like you said, yeah. are you starting it all from a respectful position of, look, this is what I think based on what I know? Or are you starting off with, he's a fucking asshole and therefore you should like, you know, you know you're starting kind of maliciously instead of starting from a position. Well, on that, I don't expect people to be nice to me. If you look at my comment section, even when people start swearing at me, they might get a little snark, but I don't go after them the way that I go after a public figure. As a public figure, we invite that. And I acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. It's when you say things like vegan gains did, oh yeah, he's got this, that education, but the only reason anybody makes any gains is because they're all on steroids. He doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. And then you misrepresent yeah. what he's trying to say. That's when I that's when I felt like I needed to step in. Yeah. It's not like I got marching orders from anybody. Yeah. It's not 
like I understand that that Curleen X is probably just making the content that he wants to, and he identifies very strongly with the channels that he follows, like Alec and Carrie and and Jason Blaha or any of the rest of that little crew. And, and I'm not saying that because he's a small channel and agrees with those guys that he's getting marching orders from them on what content to make. In the same way that nobody fucking told me that I got to defend Jeff Cavalier. That guy made a difference in my life, and I got pissed off when some schmuck from Rhode Island or wherever the fuck uh, Alec is from started making bullshit up. <laughs> it wasn't that he didn't like Jeff. He lied. Yeah. Mm. His arguments were bunk. Like, showing exercises that are not about strength and saying, this is why he's not a strength coach, isn't an argument. Mm-hmm. Saying, never talks about progressive overload and that you searched and searched and searched and searched is a lie. Because there's hundreds of videos directly about progressive And where the fuck did his apology video go? Has anybody noticed it's gone? I, I, yeah. I'm gonna have to right. get Elisa to actually. Yeah, Elisa to actually. I, I want to ask you. Um, what, what's actually getting referenced so much throughout this debate, and especially in what you've just said when you brought up all these other channels, is that a lot of what the like a place where this could argument could go. And you said it right way back at the beginning of the podcast. And just a little brief note, James. Sure. It's been very fun, but this might have to be my last question. Uh, as I probably need to, um, I think I'm keeping. I think I think we'll, right, well, yeah, we'll, we'll start ending it off because we've been going for a while. The particular question which I really want to say is that at the beginning of the podcast, you said, "I will take someone's seven-year degree over whatever lifts they have," and in particular with this whole drama with Athlean X, in which you're saying that he has been very qualified and that his information has helped you. It seems like. Now the modus operandi for identifying which fitness YouTuber you're going to take your opinion of, you more so take what they've done for themselves as opposed to, you know, the lift that they do and the way that they carry themselves as opposed to the information that they present, which this is very foreign to me coming from a little bit of an MMA background where I know that you can have incredible boxing coaches and Brazilian jiu-jitsu coaches and incredible instructors that might not necessarily be able to do what you do, but they are able to, you know, demonstrably have certain athletes that they work with that have fantastic results because they push out reputable evidence. And you could have a lifting coach who is in his 60s that had a fucked up hip, who he himself does not necessarily achieve those lifts, but surely he could coach you in an unbelievable way, which is strange that now our modus operandi is purely looking at that person and that character and how they lift and how they conduct themselves. And that is by in which we judge the perform- you know, their information. I was wondering if you could you know, kind of share your thoughts on that, considering you started off by saying, I will take someone with a seven-year degree whose information I find more reputable as opposed to the lifts that they perform. So I think that that's an excellent, I, th- I think you've made an excellent point, and I think I would use a guy like Greg Knuckles as an example. Greg Knuckles is extremely knowledgeable. He's very intelligent. He's also fat. But if he told me yeah. some information about metabolic conditioning, I would be inclined to listen to what he had to say and evaluate it and try and incorporate it because he's very intelligent, has demonstrated over many years that he understands what he's talking about. He just willfully does not implement it in regard to his own body composition. Well, because he, he wants to squat yeah. 750 raw. Like, that's why. It's like, <laughs> it, motherfucker wants to eat Krispy Kreme. That's why. But, but like, I'm going to be honest with you, though. I think there's something to be said for the fact that that that, that, that chub help, probably helps him squat 750 in competition. Like, the, I don't there know. Something. Yeah, and, and that's his thing. Like, he's a power lifter. He doesn't really care about having fucking six-pack abs. So, you know, it doesn't mean he doesn't know how to get them. He is very intelligent, and, and that's what we should do. I, I constantly say this, and I mean it. 
And I said it in my fucking video about Jeff, but if you're already against the idea and I don't, let me be really clear. It didn't matter what I said in my video. Yeah. They were going to make the same kind of content regardless. Yeah. And that's why I don't worry about it. That's why I don't lose any sleep over it. I could have come out and said, Jeff's a fraud. He's a fake. Athlean, uh, Athlean X is, is, is done for. And uh, I welcome, I personally welcome our Lord and Savior, Alec and Kiri, and his apostle, Curling X. Uh, and I hope he clips that and tries to use it. I really do. Okay, wait, but uh, what, about, what, about, what about Jason Blaha? Is he the creepy uncle, or is he like... Where, where's he in this triangle? Is he? Because if, if Alec is the Lord and Savior and Cody X is the Apostle, what does that make Jason? Like, no offense to you, fucking guys, but like, cause, cause, cause we'll have you on the show if you want to come. But like, for the sake of the joke, right? Who's Jason Blaha? Who would you reckon Jason is? Uh, you know, I don't think that they've written about, wrote about him in the Bible because even in uh, hypothesis and hyperbole, he's still not relevant. <laughs> oh. oh Oh, I think he's in Revelations, though. Like um, yeah. I, <laughs> I can honestly say, I, uh, outside of his inability to hold himself accountable for his own words, mm. I don't dislike Alec, and I think he's got good content, mm. when it's not on Athlean X. Um, and uh, this kid, Curl, I actually think he's a good kid. I think his head's just really far up his butt, and he can't see things objectively on this particular subject. I think his, his motivations are good. There is, uh, I don't even hate Jim Stepani, mm. uh, but Jason Blaha, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. These guys challenge me to a fight all they want, and I'll tell them, I'll happily tell them where my, my zip code is, and they can come up here to our MMA gym, and if they want to throw hands, we'll, we'll throw hands. Like, I'm, I'm more than welcome. I'm not worried about anybody. Yeah. I will flee to Jason's house if he ever invited oh, me. Oh, gosh. I will travel across the country to whoop that ass because <laughs> I legitimately like yeah. him. Well, mind you, me and Turkey decided that after quarantine, we're doing a boxing match, and I haven't done any sort of martial arts in over a year. So he's going to whoop my ass. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see. We'll post that at some point. But I wanted to see, because I think we need to come to an end, but I want to give you rapid-fire questions. So just a sure, small sure, set, sure. and then and then I think we can we can, we can, we can finish it. So yes, I, I have one oh. more rapid-fire question. I'm yes, give let's hear, let's hear. Oh, yeah, Tark, go ahead. Okay, so so one which I want to ask is that you you mentioned that being part of U.S. Marines and specifically working in special task force. I wanted to ask, in I in your fat in your video about fat acceptance, uh, I heard you spoke. Uh, oh, sorry, I heard you speak about steroids, obviously rather negatively, and I can fully understand from a health defect reason. But what is your opinion on special forces utilizing performance enhancing drugs? So I answer this question in depth on another podcast, uh, Warrior Soul Ogogi, and uh, another Marine and I... Forgive me for not listening to it. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Um, I think that outside of general health, there can be intelligent application. And as long as we need to have war fighters, mm -hmm. if there were a way that did not compromise their health in the long term, that I can see a justification being made to utilize that under observed and regulated circumstances to ensure that our elite warfighters were as elite as long as possible. Um, I am not a, I, I don't think that just because it's, it's unhealthy that they shouldn't have uh, access to it. I'm a realist here. Um, our elite guys may need every edge that they can possibly yeah. get.
be that equipment or be that, you know, performance enhancing substances. Um, I don't think it should be done willy nilly. I think it should be done intelligently if it was going to be incorporated at all. And I can tell you from observing these guys for almost two years uh, that that's not something that I saw. So if there's like all these conspiracies about, oh, yeah, they're all just roid heads and the government does it to them. Now that's fucking retarded and bullshit. Those guys that are utilizing these substances are getting them themselves. Mm. Yes, which makes sense. But I do wonder, like, do you think the military would necessarily worry about the long-term health of combatants? And I'm not trying to say this in a very anti, uh, you know, military light. I mean, I, you know, I am um, actually have somewhat positive views about it. But do you think that, you know, short-term optimal success for the duration of their service is always what's going to come as like first priority, even if they could put them on straight up fucking meth. <laughs> you know what I mean? There, it. I think it answers the question what the government is willing to do or would be willing to do if they found it advantageous is answered very easily by the question that you can lose 50% of your forces on a mission. And as long as the objective was still achieved, that's called a success. Yes. So if you're willing to let half people die, you've already established that you are willing to sacrifice their long-term health for the short-term gains wow. of mission accomplishment. And they do that all, and, and that, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to say they do that all the time, but that does happen all the time. Um, I, I mean, I, no, I, let me not say that. Let me, let me change that. I've heard plenty of, of cases where the chain of command has, it's resulted in situations where people get, get killed in, where a large number of people get killed where they didn't necessarily have to. And, and, and it's because you're kind of, you're expendable when you go to war to some extent. You know, it's, and I mean, to I think to a lesser extent now maybe than it was, you know, maybe in the Great War where it was just numbers on numbers on numbers where you were sent over yeah. a trench and you just had to run into enemy gunfire. It's obviously not that type of expendable, but you're you're expendable in terms of you're an asset that's used for a specific goal and that is your purpose in that in that in that in that situation. Yeah. But I, okay, rapid fire question. So, what's your biggest tip? For someone to increase their bench? Frequency. Frequency. How yep. many times so, a week do you reckon? Do, do you go up to personally? Have you gone up to? So you have to establish your individual uh, recoverable volume mm -hmm. and you should do so slowly. Mm -hmm. But if you're not making gains, try adding an extra couple of sets later in the week or finding a spot to put a couple extra sets in. If you start to make progress, continue to do so. Mm -hmm. um, th there is obviously an upper limit, but Frequency trains the motor pattern, which mm. trains technique, which also uh, acts, frequency is one of the mechanisms of progressive overload. Mm. So one of those three things or a combination of those three things is actually going to start to make a difference. Mm. Uh, for most people, especially if they're doing a bro slit, they're ultimately only really training that movement once, maybe twice a week. Mm. And it could be that they're going to see gains by training it twice a week or three times a week. Mm. But in almost every single person that I've worked with who had a movement specific goal, the answer ended up being increased frequency. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I've done the same thing with a, with a squat, for example, because squats are low in recovery. You can recover yeah. very easily. So I've been able... Now, now I, I have a question, actually, and this leads to my second rapid-fire question, which is best tip for people who have herniated discs or serious back injuries when it comes to getting into a squat. <laughs> Listen to your fucking doctor. <laughs> There's so... <laughs> so, that's not a cop. That's not a cop-out because a herniated disc covers so much stuff. That's like saying I've got an impingement in my shoulder. It actually is talking about 11, 15 different freaking conditions or situations. 
you know, how your disc is bulging, um, where it's resting on uh, the, the nerve or the spinal cord is crucially important to how you should be adjusting or whether you should be doing the squat at all. In my particular case, the three herniated discs I have in my lumbar spine push out over my sciatic nerve on my left side, which means through opening up that tissue by relaxing my quadrilateral lamborum, by stretching, I can take the, the, the pressure off of that nerve long enough to squat effectively. That's my answer for my problem. But if you have a bulging uh, L1, L2, and it's put, it's bulging inward towards the spine, you should probably not be squatting at all because that may mean that increased pressure on your shoulders is going to cut off any sensation to your legs whatsoever. So I, I hate to give you a kind of a dodgy answer. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Favorite and least favorite YouTube channel to watch. Oh, that's tough. You're going to make me choose a favorite? I'm going to. People? Because, because, because you know what's going to happen then, right? You're going to have to pick between what? Alan, um, Omar, other Alan, because there's Roberts and there's Alan Thrall, uh, fucking Brian, um, Uncle Nick, Joey, um, Marcel, yeah, Mike, <laughs> fucking the, the, everyone. The list goes on. And, someone, and you're going to pick one and the rest are going to hate you. So we have to put you in a compromised oh. position here. No, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna take it uh, personally. I think you think that, they won't, but we'll see. Hopefully, they don't take it personally. I think that my favorite is actually the Buff Dudes. Oh yes. Um, <laughs> uh, what they do is they, one. They make me laugh every video. No, yeah. you know what? I I do know who my favorite is. It's actually Buff Duke. So it's Buff Duke DIY. It's their dad. Yeah. He does do it tasks at home. Oh I love God. that channel. Okay, that old man is a legend. I must say, he is quite he is quite cool. I love how they did the bench press in the middle of the woods. It was quite cool. It was quite a funny. I loved that episode. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, like, shit, I'll show you on my TV right now. While I was waiting for you, I was watching the latest Buff Dudes. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, I like them because they break information down that's noob and intermediate friendly, and I think makes the biggest impact. So that's one of the – if we're keeping it to fitness channels, that's my favorite fitness okay. channel. And least favorite, that was the other – Least favorite? Yeah. Is it Jason Blah? <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> it has to be Jason Blah. <laughs> it is. Okay. So hard. Oh, gosh. Yeah, no, that's terrible. Okay. And then I was going to ask you the last thing was what's the biggest thing that you learned from the Marines? You would be absolutely awe inspired by what the human body is capable of when you give it no choice. The shit that I have yeah. seen people do. The, the, the ability to overcome, to stamp down pain and persevere, to pull victory or achievement out of just the most improbable situations. I am continually, utterly amazed at what we are capable of as a species. Um, and I, I think that that has, uh, that lesson from the Marine Corps has inspired me to find out what I'm capable of with the few issues that I have, that I struggle with, which are pale in comparison to what other guys uh, have to deal with. You know, I've still got all my body parts. They still all work. They just hurt when they do. Um, so yeah, yeah, not to get all like touchy-feely on you, but oh, that's good. I, we are amazing. Uh, I, 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 hope so. I, I really, uh, and that's something which I actually, I, I feel quite strongly that that message maybe particularly in American society becomes a little bit more 
commonplace. I mean, I have, uh, I know it's far more distant, but I mean, I have accounts from my, I have plenty of family that served in the First World War and the Second World War, and I heard those secondhand stories, and that was very important to me as a child growing up. And I mean, it obviously pains me to see, not to make this political, but I've seen thousands of memorials across America yeah. for some veterans and especially Second World War veterans being defaced, which, you know, that that, that gets me unbelievably angry, regardless of any political message that sits on. That's something which, um, you know, I really hope that you guys, that, uh, that the general public just gets a little bit more of a, a, a shred of a fucking clue of um, obviously what you guys go through and what you guys do. Because I you think there is, there is still some denial. Most of So I, I didn't fight uh, for a flag. I didn't uh, sign up with the Marine Corps for a piece of cloth or a symbol. Um, while I might vehemently disagree with somebody's political stance, I celebrate that I currently still, to this day, am in a country where we can have such disparate opinions and nobody goes to jail for it. Yeah. That we're not silenced, yeah. uh, that, we're not, that, that we're not held down, and that people can have ridiculously patently stupid opinions like vaccines cause autism and you shouldn't vaccine your kids. And that we live in a country so free <clears throat> allowed to say that without the government arresting you but that's beautiful though that's it's it's really it's really cool yeah you know you know what's terrible here if i that's the thing so the countries that don't have the constitution that you guys have like us we have a very very extensive set of hate speech laws that don't just involve crimes like you guys do mm -hmm. jason blaha lived in south africa the fact that i have have allowed you to talk shit about him on this Potentially, he could he could file a defamation lawsuit, even though everything you say might be true. If both of you lived in South Africa, even though everything you say might be true, he could file a suit and win potentially. Well, the cool thing is here is you can file a suit for anything. Yeah. But everything I have said, even about Alec, mm. he not only not only do I have proof of the things, and not only have I expressed them as my opinion, but any of these guys have to demonstrate in order for us. Uh, that yeah. that they experience some loss. Yeah, the burden yeah. is on them to experience. You see, here the there is no consideration of the loss you've experienced. It's just, it's just has the has the person put you in a situation where you could experience loss, whether it is true or false what you say about them. And that's look, that's theoretical. Practically, it doesn't always play out that way, but it's but it's 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 quite interesting. But anyway, uh, do you have any concluding thoughts, my guy? Talking to me or talking to him? Talking to you. Do you have any concluding thoughts? I uh, j just to wrap all this up. I might have strong opinions about some of the people that are peripheral to this conversation, particularly where uh, in regards to Athlean X. But I do firmly believe, and one of the reasons I took you guys up uh, on this is that unless we talk about it, we evaluate, we reevaluate, and we challenge the information that we are given instead of simply accepting it. We're never going to get anywhere uh, if we don't think for our damn selves, if we're not honest with ourselves about how we feel, what our bias is, or what our real challenges are, if we're not even honest with ourselves and could I have done another set or did I give up because I'm just tired and don't feel like doing it, um, these behaviors extend to every aspect of our life. Uh, I actually, from what I've seen, uh, the six videos I'm aware of, apparently there's like 25, I'll go, I'll go look for more. Yeah, I've got no idea why there's only six going, but fucking- Only six loaded on my screen, I swear. Only six loaded on my screen. There was plenty of room for more. That's insane. Uh, so uh, I, I like what you guys are doing. I would Thank encourage you. you to do a little better job than I did at the outset of clearly defining why I'm doing what I'm doing mm -hmm. so that people don't get 
lost and confused in your message. Because uh, from what I've seen of what you, what you all do, I, I like it. And I'm interested to see where it goes. Oh, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. That means a lot. That's not just because you were nice to me, because I was fully expecting you guys to come in guns blazing. Is it? Well, I mean, look, <laughs> anyone anyone can come in like that, but the whole point, I think, of what we do is, is we like the discussion, and that's why I've said I'm open to anyone coming on the podcast. I don't care what the fuck your opinion is, because how are you supposed to grow in your own in your own reasoning if you don't allow other people? someone might say something that sounds really stupid, but when you think about it, it makes sense. You know, and how are you supposed to get that if you don't talk to the people who say things that might be really weird? Not that you say things that are out there, like way out there, but, 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 um, Apparently in the first place, I was really surprised that you responded to my Instagram DM that, 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 that asked if, if, if you wanted to do this interview, I was like, gosh, dang it. And plus, you were the most humble, nice guy that uh, I was speaking to. So I was super, super impressed because I always wondered, you know, these people seem nice on camera or they're nice in person. And that actually, it actually really, really surprised me in a really good way. Well, as I, I keep telling folks, I'm not special. I don't think I'm special. Um, and I answer all of the messages that I get, uh, especially on Instagram. It's really hard on YouTube because I don't actually get delivered all of them. Some of them are screened. If somebody uses an epitaph or like uh, um, certain words that I've screened out, like if you're calling people homophobic slurs, mm. I'm never going to see your comment Yeah, uh, because I've screened those out because I don't want to see them. But the only ones that I don't answer are the dick pics, the titty grams, and the coochie cams. Um, I just delete shit. <laughs> don't don't junk anymore. Uh, I'm just going to delete. I'm not going to respond. Oh, yeah. But thanks a lot. Toki, do you have any concluding remarks? Um, look, I just want to say I really appreciate that you actually gave us the amount of time that you did, um, oh, Kevin. Geez. I think that's fantastic. And also really appreciate that um, that obviously in and among all the fitness drama that you were very open uh, a little bit just about uh, some of the uh, certainly some of the challenges coming up from being injured and especially going to a little bit of the deeper stuff about um, the Marines. Obviously, I really appreciate that that, uh, that openness and sincerity. And obviously, I will carry on to support and uh, share all of your stuff. And so I really hope that your channel grows, obviously. Uh, and maybe in an ending conclusion, is this a good time to say that I ride the fuck out of Jeff Cavalier's dick? <laughs> if I could be perfectly honest and self-critical, could I just say that I didn't actually come out guns blazing. I came out in full agreement. <laughs> I think face calls should be mandatory. So <laughs> I don't anybody that's should. Gonna be, that's going to be my closing statement. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your transparency, uh, but... Um, yes. The less we talk about Jeff's dick, probably the better. Yeah, well, you know, what? Again, it's pretty clickbait. It's pretty, it's pretty good. Like in the title, it's like YouTuber wants to ride this. Jeff Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> YouTuber admits riding Jeff's dick. Not what you think! Exclamation point. And they sit through a hour like, fucking video to hear Turk say he's rides Jeff's that's dick. Fucking, that's terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> you clearly make the response. You know, fuck. No, I, I mean, yeah, look, it's like I actually kind of had to real Tarquin in because Tarquin was fully on your side. I was like, bro, we have to be unbiased. We got to fucking take this shit the way it comes. <laughs> you guys, you got it. You have to. Don't accept what I say just because I say it. Yeah. Check that shit. Right. When I'm wrong, I want to know about it. Yeah. I, I hope that you guys grow and I hope that you're one of the forces that if I ever like lose my way or join the dark side are part of that effort to go unfuck yourself. Yeah. Right. So, so be there for that. I appreciate it. Thank Whoa. you. Thanks a lot, man. We appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for. Okay, guys. So.
like and subscribe to the Brewcast. We do plenty more interviews like this. Yeah. Most importantly, fucking subscribe to Pure Bullfuck because that's a pretty yeah. fucking exactly. metal channel. And yeah. considering yeah. our slogan, yeah. our slogan over here is pure fucking testosterone. I can say that there are 100% Jeff yeah. Nippert worthy level studies that you will lose all your tests if you do not subscribe immediately to Pure Bullfoot. Exactly. So fucking. You're losing your credibility. On that. <laughs> <laughs> We're <Wow>. sellouts. <laughs> He's, you know, big, big Bullfoot, big Bullfoot is paying us. We're getting it. We're getting a backhand in the pocket to, to tell you. Know, I'm talking shit. <laughs> Please subscribe to Pure Bullfoot. He's a lovely guy, yes. humble, with a great set of hair, and a really big bench press, and that's all that matters. So, <laughs> You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you guys one further. I'm going to challenge everybody to go ahead and subscribe to everyone that we've talked about in this podcast and come up with your own decision. And yeah. if you don't agree with the things that I've said, go ahead and let me know about it and let these guys know about it. Why? One, because difference of opinion is important, but two... Commenting on all of their podcasts will drive engagement, and that's good for everybody. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it, man. Okay. Uh, there we go. Cheers. Cheers.